Well, holy smoke is this. Ain't no jokers. Welcome into the Iced Coffee Hour. I believe this is episode 21, and you gentlemen have made $6,200 so far. We have an epic episode for you guys, okay? Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about stocks. We're going to talk about investing. We're going to talk about stocks I like right now. I am going to break some news in this video that is earth-shattering, okay? It's actually not news about me. It's news about this guy right here, okay? This is massive news. And when I say massive, I'm talking about gargantuan. I'm talking about as big as a massive state, okay? Think about a massive state like California. That's what we're going to get into. This is going to be a big podcast. We are going to beat Kevin's view count in this video. We're taking him down. Kevin, wow. you're dust. Let's get into this. Wow. Watch till the end and enjoy. Oh, also, you're our first ever recurring guest. Yes. Oh, congratulations. Thanks. Congratulations. Welcome. Wow. So with that said, enjoy the episode. Enjoy. Thank you for coming on, Jeremy. Absolutely. Thanks for having me again, guys. Yeah. This, the last episode was amazing, man. It I had a good time. so well. Yeah. yeah. Until Kevin came on, your episode was the number one most viewed episode ever wow. on the podcast. Because I think we were talking about investing, how beginners could invest, our best investment strategies, how to make a lot of money, and your business. Mm -hmm. that people don't realize just yeah. how successful everything you're doing is. Yeah. And just the possibilities out there are insane. Like, I'm learning a lot from just these podcasts, listening to you talk. Oh, I appreciate it. I'm just mad that Kevin beat me in views, I guess. I, like, that just disappoints me. Now my day's ruined. I don't know if I can focus on this That's podcast now. What do we have to do yeah. now? What do we have That's to do That's why now? Jeremy came back it. on. Yeah. Jeremy came back on just so we can get more views <laughs> yeah. than Kevin. And then we're going to have Kevin come back on. And then what we're going to do is have you and Kevin on the episode. Oh, wow. And then we just break oh, the platform. It'll too. only be Kevin and Jeremy. We're not even going to yeah. be in it. Just them. Oh. Exactly. Then we just break the platform just YouTube shuts down the next day <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can't handle that oh gosh Jeez. thank you for this yeah. iced coffee today Graham by the way I didn't come with Starbucks today so I appreciate <laughs> this like last time oh, of course uh, make sure to smash the like button for that mm -hmm. it's always some good news and Absolutely. for those of you who do not know Jeremy has two YouTube channels and he talks mainly about stock investing more so long-term strategies than yep. short-term strategies and yeah I mean what, what else is there to... Yeah, yeah, so in your public account, so you have a public account where right. you basically yep. show the stocks you're investing in, anybody could see it. Mm -hmm. That's almost up to a million dollars right it's, now. It's cruising, yeah. I, a lot of people think it's going to hit a million this year. I'm, I'm a little worried. Wow. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man, because Tesla might kind of like start just kind of chilling for a while. And that's the biggest position in that yeah. that account. So, but yeah, I, I'm super thrilled with it. It's been a, it's been a hell of a past couple of years. What, I can tell you that. What did you start off with in that account? How that account started from zero. I started adding money in. We just you know started building, building, building. Um, I got in a lot of good deals in like November, December of 2018. The market mm. had a big dip in Q4 that I year. That. I started building out, you know, Tesla heavier, Skywork Solutions, Facebook. Started building those positions, and um, and then we just kept rolling into 2019. I got in some hot stocks like Elf. This year, it's been uh, like Fizzy Get Dizzy, <laughs> National Beverage Corporation. You know, we have nicknames for them all, um, and and Planet 13, and a few others. And uh, so that account, we've just been we've been roaring. The only really bad stock we've had, unfortunately, was the CCL, which unfortunately, you know. With a once in a hundred year event, man. Sometimes you, you got one of those bad stocks. I bought so. in Carnival at like eleven dollars. Well done. It was like ten or eleven, or it was like nine, yeah. ten or eleven. And I remember thinking, I put like I think it was like ten grand, maybe yeah. it was ten, fifteen thousand. And mm -hmm. I think here's just a bet. 
if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. If I'm right, then, hey, I'll make some money off of this. But I put in it at one of the worst times. And I think, what is it at now, 17, 18? I, yeah, I yeah. think, I, well, maybe 16. I don't know okay. the specific price, but yeah. In Cheesecake Factory, you got me on it. By the way, Graham got me on a Cheesecake Factory, and I've made, yeah. you know, like, I think 40% on that stock. So yes. thank you. I, yeah, I got in Cheesecake Factory, I think it, what price was I telling you at? It was under 20. I think it was yeah. like $18. 18, yep. Yeah, so I bought in, I bought in just a big chunk, mm-hmm. I think 30 or 40000 yeah. at $18. And then when I saw it hit 30, I was like, what? <laughs> but you know what? The reason I, I started to notice this, when I invest in companies that I use myself, they always do well. Mm-hmm. Cheesecake Factory was one of those when I was telling you about this. Yep. I would go and get the Cheesecake Factory for takeout and the line was crazy. This is like yep. the worst of the worst, like at the peak, yep. uh, the shutdown, everything. The line for Cheesecake, like you would have to order an hour in advance. Yeah. I'm thinking I can't be the only one. Cheesecake Factory is, is good food, mm-hmm. good prices. So I'm yeah. going to put my money where my mouth is. And yeah. that paid for all the Cheesecake Factory of a lifetime. Yeah. That's <laughs> a the lifetime way to do it. Factory. That's the way to do it. <laughs> right. Basically, every mm-hmm. Tesla owner that I know, as soon as they got a Tesla, they started buying Tesla shares. Yeah. Because they saw how good the product itself was, which I think is a pretty good strategy. Yes. You employ that strategy as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I buy into companies all the time that I actually use the products. And like the Cheesecake Factory, we go back to that one. I, I did the same thing. I would go to the Cheesecake Factory. It was busy. I would check out like North Italia, another chain that they own. That was busy. Yeah. And I'm like, um, I, I was right there with you. And I saw the financing they did. They got they raised like, I think it was 200 mil in April. And I was like, they're going to get through this fine. And and sure enough, you know, here we are. And, you know, incredible gains. But thank you for uh, yeah. for, for putting me no, on to that one. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, another few, uh, DocuSign was a great one. Yeah. Dropbox. Uh, Dropbox you is, is an up and coming. Yes. Yeah, that's an up and comer. That's right. going to be 2021 through, I think, 2025. It's going to go on. Use that all the time. Yeah. Uh, Rocket Mortgage is a something. A lot of people are talking about that one. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I invested in Rocket Mortgage recently. Okay. And uh, I could see it because the loan demand right now is just crazy. Yeah. And especially Rocket Mortgage, I'm seeing, so I have the mentorship group. Link down below in the description. <laughs> uh, but lately, people are comparing the, the rates they're getting. Rocket Mortgage has consistently been the best rates for people consistently and this is this is not just like one person in the group it seems like multiple people now are like i went off the other person's recommendation i went through rocket mortgage they're gonna be this crazy deal so i i think and it usually will take a few months for this to start showing up but i think we give it a few months yeah rocket mortgage is gonna be great yeah i mean i've done a lot of thinking on that one the valuation's a bit high but so the, the one part of me is I think they are killing it right now, and I think they're going to continue to kill it for like at least next year because everybody's refinancing like crazy, yeah. including uh, we just refinanced on our house um, recently because we got down to like 2.7 or 2.8%. And so uh, from whatever, we were at 3.6 or whatever. And so I'm looking at that one, but what I'm worried about is I'm worried about when everybody gets done refinancing, what yeah. does that look like for them? So that's kind of what I'm trying to judge because you you're paying a, a hefty premium for the company, valuation wise, and then it's like, how long does this insane demand they're going to have for the next six twelve months? How does it keep up for two years, three years, or are they good forever with the with the super high demand? That's so. true. How is Rocket Mortgage able to offer such low interest rates on their loans? Is it just because I'm guessing they don't have like a brick and mortar right. store? Low overhead. It's an interesting stock. Ticker symbol RKT, I think. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep, exactly. What do you think of the study that easy to pronounce ticker symbols tend to do better? 
Remember? <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. I haven't yeah. seen the study specifically. There was a study that analyzed 30 to 40 years of returns yeah. and found that easy to remember and easy to spell ticker symbols like cake, for okay. instance, yep. tend to outperform the broader market wow. consistently. Yeah, and we could take it one step further. What about companies that the name of the company is the same as the ticker, such as Zoom? Because Zoom yeah. is Zoom. Like the, the ticker symbol is the same as the company. Zoom, Zoom, Z-O-O-M. Uh, that's interesting. But then you also have Z-M. Zoom. Oh, uh, yeah. it's not Z. I thought it was. No, oh, no, Z-M. that's the other one. That's right. Yeah. That's the one that <laughs> tricked everybody. That's <laughs> yeah. right. Yep. You guys, I don't know if you guys heard about that story. What was it? Everybody thought that was Zoom stock and they were invested in it like crazy. Oh, gosh. And the stock went up like more than actual Zoom stock went up. People got so lucky on that. And there was another one. uh, Ford, F-O-R-D is not Ford. Yeah, it's just F, right? So people were buying Ford. Uh, in anticipation of the Bronco coming out instead of just (laughs) (laughs) So Ford saw a blip having nothing to do with this. There's been a few of them. What was the other? Oh, Fang. Did you oh, hear about this? Fang. Uh, <laughs> there was this. Okay, so it came out. It came out that like Fang stocks are doing yeah, this crazy thing. Yeah. Where Fang stocks are up like 80, 90% yeah. so far. And there's a company called uh, Fang, F A A N G. Oh, and people were buying gosh. into that. It, it went up like 200% in a few oh, days. Wow. Fang, just out of a mistake. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, so you see it being like that's a few ridiculous. dollars and then it shoots up to $14 and then back down a few days later when people realize the mistake. The real thing for you, those of you, Facebook, Apple, Netflix, Google, it's like an acronym that's used out there in, in the stock market space a lot. That's ridiculous yeah. about that, that whole story. <laughs> Jeez. It's funny. Do you guys know how companies lock in different ticker symbols? Um, I mean, you just have to go through the process. As long as it's available, usually you can get it approved. As long as it's, usually it's uh, four letters or less. So, yeah, as long as nobody else has it, you can pretty much claim it on whatever, you know, indice you go public on. Have you thought so. about starting an ETF? I've noticed Kevin O'Leary had an ETF fund. Ooh, that's tempting. O-shares, yeah. we call them. We're, we're looking into it. It's a possibility. Um, it would be interesting. We're just, we're just, it's something we're looking into, but I, I don't know if we'll actually do it. Because I'm still not 100% sure on, like, you know, what all the legal requirements are around that and, and, um, you know, if you have something like that, can you come out publicly say, I'm buying such and such stock if you have your own ETF? Um, I don't know. It's it's something we're exploring. It's going to take a while, though. Yeah. How would he make money with that? I don't know. ETF? I don't know. That's, is it, that's is there a ma- thing. Maybe there's a management fee I or think something. that's like what an it is. expense ratio. I think there's some sort of management fee you get off that, but I'm not 100% sure. So it's something we'll look into next year and, and try to see if. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people would be interested if, oh, if yeah. I did come out with something like that. Oh, so. Of course, because your gains are crazy too, right? Um, like, yeah, unfortunately. What, what's yeah. your average ROI since you started the public account? Public account. So, well, last year I know for sure we got a ninety-one percent return but, uh, by Fidelity. But a lot of that was Tesla. I'm going to be the, yeah, the critic. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ninety-one percent last year. One-year rate of return we're at right now for the public, I think, is 151% calculated by Fidelity. Um, but, yeah, have, uh, like Tesla's been a beast. Um, but almost all of our stocks have been really good. It's just Tesla's that, like, insane yeah. performer. Tesla's the yeah. one that's gone up. I think we're up 800% now on Tesla. What would you say the return would be without Tesla? Without Tesla? That's been one of the biggest critiques yeah. that I've seen so far is that portfolio is led by Tesla. If it yeah. wasn't for Tesla. Yeah. I would say probably more to like 40 to 50%. Okay. Because 
maybe a little higher than that uh, one year rate of return we're talking. I think maybe even up to maybe 60% because although Tesla's up massively, it was already going up a lot um, into this past year. And then Tesla represents about 300K of that portfolio out of about 800 something thousand. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, we'd have to do the math on it. It probably wouldn't be, I would say 40% to 60% one year rate of return. Got it. If I didn't even own that Tesla. Got it. So um, yeah, so I, I mean, I'm thrilled about it. But yeah, it, you know, it's all about like one stock can can pretty much almost change your life. I mean, I, I've seen it with countless people. The amount of people we have like in the six and seven figure club that got carried there because of Tesla stock is ridiculous. Yeah. I remember um, uh, one guy I met a while ago, AMD. I think oh. he was in your group. Yeah, probably. Yeah. 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 yeah when AMD. He in, yeah, he was in your group. And he put like what two hundred thousand dollars into AMD. Remember that wow. back like when it was fifteen dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and sold it at like sixty. The, the crazy thing yeah. is, if you go back five years ago, AMD was like two three dollars a share, and now it's uh, I think like seventy. Seventy. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Imagine you load up, uh, you believe in it so much at two three dollars, yeah. and you're like, this company's got to come on a great comeback. They got a new CEO, and uh, oh gosh. But the, the thing is, like, if it goes from two to four. You know, a lot of people are going to sell. Yes. You know, like, I just doubled up my money. I'm getting out of this, you know. But uh, respect to the people that have held. Yeah. Makes me wonder, too, how many people have held Bitcoin since it was worth, like, a dollar, 50 cents until now. Yeah. Because a lot of people say, oh, I I had 200 Bitcoin back in the day. But, yeah, that's a good point. A lot of people would sell. Mm -hmm. As soon as it doubles from, you know, a dollar to 30, you're like, ah, better sell this. Every time I, yeah. I release a Tesla video, it's always like that one or two comments of somebody saying, you know, Tesla went up initially like 30, 40% and they sold out and they it was the biggest regret of their lives, of their financial lives. Yeah. It happens all the time, man, because it's just like you you see, you know, it, it, with stocks, that's the thing that's difficult. You log into your account, you go on your phone, you're like, I just made 30% in two weeks on this stock yeah. or three months. And you're like, this is ridiculous. And next thing you know, you're just feeling all yeah. emotional and you're like, I, I got to lock in my profits. Let me, let me just sell. How often so. do you sell shares in your accounts? Very rarely. Yeah, it's, it's very rare. Um, I mean, the only reasons for me to really sell is if I'm getting too over diversified where it's too many positions and I'm not getting my account focused. It's just like I'm all over the place. Or if the company fundamentals change for the worse. Um, I don't even usually sell even if I feel a company is super highly valued. For instance, Tesla. I still hold Tesla in the public account. Every single share of all those, you know, well, it was originally 150, then they split. So now I think it's like 750 shares. But it's gone up so much and I'm still not selling, even though I feel like Tesla stock is is very expensive. I'm not selling Tesla just because like like why why would I sell it just because it's highly priced? That's all relative, right? You know, we're we're filming this in Santa Monica and we could say, well, that house is highly priced. It's well, somebody might pay that price. Mm-hmm. So um so yeah, it, it's it's pretty rare that I'll I'll sell positions. Nowadays I'm just like like Facebook Skyworks, I'm still holding every share I bought in those when I was buying back in 2018 in that account. I think I got 371 Facebook shares in that account. And I can't remember how many Skyworks, but yeah, it's just not, it's not worth getting rid of great assets, whether it's stocks, real estate, in my opinion, that are long-term investments yours. It's just like, why, yeah. why would you, what, what am I going to do? Put it in cash? Cash is, you know, getting devalued every day. Yeah. How many <laughs> stocks do you like to have at a given point? Uh, so public count, I have 15 stocks and that's about what I'm comfortable at. When it goes over a million, I might take it up to 20, 
but I really want to keep it under 20 because you get to a point where you just get too over diversified and you got to you got to keep in mind you want to be diversified but you want to have your money in the best positions possible and so you know we have it sometimes where somebody will join the private group and like we do like portfolio reviews where they can send me their portfolio sometimes these people will send me their portfolio dude and they'll have like you know uh, 35,000 in their account and they got 35 stocks and it's like a thousand a piece and it's like you're all over the place man you should if you're going to be at that point you might as well just buy an index fund if you want to be an individual stock picker you need to be in your best positions you know those those you know especially with that small amount of money you might be want to be in your five or ten biggest positions uh your best positions that you love the most that's where you're going to get the gains that seems like the opposite of the kevin o'leary approach yeah five percent so so if you have a hundred thousand dollars you should do five thousand dollars per yeah and pick 20 different stocks i think though in a situation where you have much less money like thirty five thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars there's only a certain threshold that you kind of need to surpass like you said yeah if you had 1 million, you'd have 20 positions. Yeah. But if you had like 50 million, you'd probably have like quite a bit more because then you start changing your priorities to capital preservation. Yeah, exactly. Once you get a ton of money, yeah, it's about not just growing your money, but keeping the money as well, 100%. But I mean, when you're on the come up, you know, it's like I haven't known anybody in, in my life, you know, personally who um, got truly rich, right, without being um, super into one thing, whether that was their business or a couple of real estate properties and it, it got them there or a few stocks that made them, you know, super successful. Um, you know, so it's just, it's hard to be, you know, have your money all over the place. A lot of times the game changer for you is is having your money in the five to ten best things you got going for you, in my in my personal opinion. So, yeah. How do you pick stocks? Sam, gosh, that's yeah, a let's go through the process. How do you okay, pick stocks, Jeremy? <laughs> Six hours later, it's, yeah, we're, we're in part two at that point. Oh gosh, I mean, the the biggest thing at the end of the day, like people always ask me, like, what's the biggest thing? It's it's the fundamentals of the business. It's by far like you can look at all the metrics: return on invested capital, uh, return on equity, price to sales ratio, forward P's, trailing P's. You can look at all these things: price to sales. You know, you can look at so many different factors, but I can tell you, it's always the business fundamentals. All right, but let, let me start here. Where do, what website do you go to first? Uh, well, it depends look? on what you're looking for. Where I mean, you, yeah, you know, Yahoo Finance is still, you know, although it's gotten progressively worse over the years, Yahoo Finance is still pretty decent. Okay, um, for like getting basic information about a company. Um, so let's say you want to look into Apple stock, you know, you can type in Apple there, get their their metrics and things like that. But of course, if you're new to the market, you're not even going to know what the metrics are, right? So, but I mean, the great thing nowadays is you have Google. So like, let's say you hear me say Ford P ratio and you're like, a Ford P ratio, what is that? Like, like, I don't think people quite get this. Like literally you can Google on your phone, what is a Ford P ratio? And it will be explained to you exactly down to detail from like Investopedia, right? Mm-hmm. On Google. Um, We're going to get comments right now. What's a Ford P yeah. ratio? <laughs> what is it? What is it a Ford P is basically looking at the next 12 months of earnings versus where that stock price is at right now. It's one of the most important metrics I personally look at um, because as a, as a forward looking investor, I want to focus on where this company is going over the next year, but also a few, you know, several years out. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the you know, to get back, like the business fundamentals, so important. Like people way overlook that all the time. They want to get caught up into the, the metrics and all oh, this company's cheap and things like that. It's like if you can find a great company that has a decade of growth in front of them, more than likely you're going to make an insane amount of money. It's just as, as simple as that, basically. Um, you know, Amazon, I, I looked into Amazon my first time. I think it was 2010, right? Mm-hmm. I loved the business model. Loved it. I was like, this is brilliant. I looked at the valuation. I thought, ah, it's too expensive. Amazon was like $50 to $100 a share back then. 
It's like what three thousand dollars now. That was stupid. <laughs> you know what I mean? I should have I should have been buying as many Amazon shares as possible because I understood this business model is a game changer. So although it might look expensive, put the money in, man. Put the money in. So it it all comes back to the CEO and the business fundamentals and, and where that company's going and competitive advantages they have in the market. What are the so. biggest red flags you see when you're evaluating a stock? You come across something, you're like, oh no, this is a deal breaker. Yeah. A uh, really bad balance sheet. What does that mean? So, uh, you know, the balance sheet is essentially the financial health of a company. You know, it, you think about your own your own self and your own life, right? You have a you have your own balance sheet. You have a certain amount of assets and liabilities, uh, debts, things like that. And you know, obviously, if you have too many debts, that's a bad thing, especially if they're bad debts. And I think balance sheet shows like the competence of the management team. I think is big. You know, if a, if a balance sheet is really bad let's say for instance and they, they're loaded up with debt they have hardly any cash it just means it's a mismanaged business and like what the heck are they doing more than likely so the balance sheet is honestly one of the biggest keys like that's going to drive the whole business because if you don't have the money around in a business how do you how do you invest in the business so you look for cash on a yeah. balance sheet i'm looking for cash and investments and i'm also looking at what are their debts uh short-term debts long-term debts i'm not really looking at their rent Related debts, because they started um, accounting for that on balance sheets over the past year or two, and I think that's a, kind of a mistake in my opinion, um, like long-term lease liabilities, but I'm looking for all the other debts, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that's really big. Uh, you know, that, that's, one of the, that's one of the red flags. Another red flag is if the CEO buys a yacht, like the GoPro CEO did. <laughs> no, I mean, sometimes these management teams, you know, um, you know, they'll get really rich. You know, obviously, you take a company public, you get really rich, and then you, you maybe get a little uh, unfocused. So I think if you see a management team that is focusing their attentions on more leisure activities than business, was that, that was that a diss towards Trevor Milton? <laughs> that was he bought yeah. what with thirty five million dollar ranch. Exactly. What do you think of that? That, that they've been taking yeah. down Who's Trevor Milton. Oh, uh, Nicola. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. He wow. was a like, yeah. Guy now a, allegedly, because I don't want to get these videos taken down. Allegedly, they have now been removing videos. That show um, their truck going downhill. Wow. Allegedly. Wow. A few channels have uh, complained about that. Yeah, the, the red flags for Nicola were there. That's why a lot of us were, were calling it out and people were like, oh, are you guys just, you guys are, you know, because I'm talking about the whole, like, almost everybody in the Tesla community, myself and a lot of the other most important, like, YouTubers in the Tesla community, we're all calling that out because. It was so sketch, man. Like, the whole situation was so sketch. You want to talk about red flags? It was just loaded with yeah. red flags. I thought Nikola was almost like a joke company because yeah. it was like Nikola Tesla. Like, yeah. It's just, it, it seemed a like just a, it, it seemed like just a, a bad copycat <laughs> yeah. of that. Yeah. But it goes to show you, that to me was like the most elaborate, I don't want to call it like a, like a hoax. Yeah. I don't want to call it a hoax, but it was one of the most elaborate plants yeah. that I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy made... How much money he partnered with? He got a partnership with GM, yeah. Who's now, I guess, looking into they're reevaluating that. But, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll it's see. Shocking. How, yeah, we'll see how it all turns out. But yeah, I mean, you know, that was just uh, a massive risk that honestly, you know, has paid off really poorly for most investors. You know, I mean, at, at peak, I think it was at ninety dollars. Uh, you know, Nikola. So yeah, I mean, the the thing is, you know, if we draw it back to like. Why are people even getting involved with Nikola stock? Why do they go up so much? Everybody wants the next Tesla. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants the next Tesla, man. And they're so desperate for it. So desperate for it. So, What do you think has the potential to be the next Tesla? Uh, well, there, there are a few companies out there. I think 
I mean, the, the stock I'm most excited about, if we're thinking about growth over the next 10 years, I would say probably plant 13. It's a risk like, yeah, it's a risk <laughs> like Tesla was back in the day. You know, but, <laughs> you're going to say that. Yeah, yeah it, it is. It's just there's nothing yeah. I can find better than that um, for, for the reward potential. Yeah. Now, I can find more attractive risk rewards than plant 13 out there, meaning you're balancing what are the chances you lose money in that stock over the next five years versus you make, you know, a double up, triple up, quadruple up with your money. But yeah, I can't really find any. I've looked, you know, at you know, I look at stocks all all day pretty much, and I can't find anything that has that type of growth potential. Because um, you're talking about a company that basically has one massive store. They got a store opening up in Santa Ana in 2021. They had their other little store in Vegas opening back up, which was making like five mil a quarter. Mm. Like that's just a little store. Um, and their brand's expansion, it's just like, if they if they execute, man, that's that's going to be a multi-billion dollar company. What so. about Snowflake? Snowflake's got such a rich valuation on it now. I mean, it's incredibly, you know, I mean, in the, in the spectrum of like the richest valuations you can find or like the cheapest companies you can find, Snowflake is literally at the end of the richest companies you can find in terms of valuation being insane. It doesn't mean they can't fulfill that over time. But yeah, I mean, the valuation has gotten pushed up so much because everybody's desperate to get in the next Salesforce yeah. or another one's game changing company. That's what it seems like for me. Everyone just wants to get in. Like, what's the next quick like money maker yep. thing? And they're all it's like this big hive. Yes, of bees. It's just like, oh, let's go right here into that, and they pump it up, yes. and then it's like, oh, what's that over there? And yeah. then they blow it up. <laughs> yes, and that's what it seems like. These little spots of just, but if you time it. Yeah. You time it right, and that's what I think everyone's thinking. Yeah, everyone has the same mentality. Like, oh, if I just time this right, everyone's gonna bump it up, and then I sell two days later. Yeah. I think that's what happened to Snowflake. Everyone yeah. thought that they were gonna get in early, ride it for a day or two, mm-hmm. and then drop it. But all of that momentum in the beginning just shot it up, and it did nothing but go down. Yeah, a hundred percent. We were, you know, and it's even worse in like the VC space. We were, we were chatting, Blake and I, on like the the ride over here from Vegas yesterday. And, we, we was talking about it. he's like would you ever do like a vc fund or something like that and i was like if it got way less competitive maybe but in the vc space like if you think what's going on in the public markets is bad like look to the venture capital space man because those guys are so desperate for the next facebook or the next chime or whatever it is they will push valuations up to whatever they need to just to try to get into the next maybe big thing like it doesn't matter almost what you launch as long as it's some sort of idea and it's growing. It doesn't have to be a, even a business model that makes sense for the most part. As long as you're growing users somehow, like these VC guys are desperate to put money it in. It would man. be so much fun to try our own hosting of Shark Tank. Just do our <laughs> own thing. Could you imagine that? We could try it. Whoa. Not, seriously. And just and get people who just don't you know, don't have the other resources. Uh, of, of getting themselves out. Just I'm talking like I don't want to say kids, but like young adults who don't know where to turn. Yep. They watch YouTube videos. They're like, I have this concept or this this thing I'm working on. I just don't have the capital for it because I'm stuck at a full-time job. And if I leave that job, I can't pay my rent. But I need like 30 grand to get this off, off the ground and to, to support myself for a year. Mm-hmm. That would do so well. I like that idea. Like, Maybe we should do that. We need to do, do that. it like a YouTube edition of yeah. it. Yeah. But the thing is we don't want to copy Shark Tank like verbatim because then it's like, oh, you're just <laughs> copying Shark. But but have a cool spin on things. Get like three of us, four yeah. of us together, and just the, the the maximum would be like fifty grand. Well, and so you're you you're video. friends with Kevin O'Leary now, so we can get him on the show too. Oh jeez. <laughs> Mr. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> um you know what we might have to just turn these off and on. You guys are both um, in white. Yeah. I know. What are the I chances, so. man? <laughs> but uh, I think that would be fun. If you guys like that idea, just uh, let us know down below in the description. 
I'll make that happen. Uh, I think that would be a fun concept. Have the platform. I'm sure there are people with good ideas. Jack, you could screen through these and make sure they have like mm -hmm. a legitimate business. How much money they need. Just get the basics. You know what it would be? It would be like taking the phone calls on the second channel, except in person and they're pitching an idea. That would be cool. But we have to, yeah. the, the hardest thing to execute on a plan like that is we're going to have to come out with a more epic music than Shark Tank has yeah. a do 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 How can you beat that music? That's oh, difficult, man. <laughs> we can have a funny spin on things. I don't know. Yeah. We'd, we'd have to make it different enough. If, if that's mm -hmm. a concept you think is actually worthwhile, I would do that. Okay. Like just that would, would be fun. I would we would allocate like two hundred grand into into whatever it is, and just be like, we're we're gonna give away two hundred thousand, or like invest two hundred thousand mm -hmm. in certain people. That's actually a concept I wanted to do for a long time was being able to invest in a person, and I got I actually got this. So, so what my plan was this was like ten years ago. I wanted to be able to do something where like I like a specific person, mm -hmm. and I could be like, I'm gonna give you a hundred grand. And in return for that, I'll get like 10% of how much money you make for the next like 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Whatever it is. However much. Yeah. But uh, it's so difficult to actually implement that because they can have write-offs and expenses and they buy yeah. like certain stuff to get their income down. And mm. I thought that would be really interesting. And then I got an offer. This may have been two years ago. I'm not sure if you showed me this, Jack. The, the guy who wanted to invest in me. He offered me what was a few hundred thousand dollars in exchange for like a portion of how much money I'm going to make in any venture. I don't remember that. Yeah. This was like two years ago. What percentage was? I don't know. One? I'm sure I could find it. Um, that was me that did that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If you guys want to talk for a second, I'm sure I could. I'm sure I could find it. It's, it's That's on. That's crazy, yeah. man. <laughs> so what percentage of your public account is principal or how much is principal? I would say probably 300-ish, maybe a little over 300 of the 800 and whatever it's at, 60 um, is probably money I put in because we're, we're profiting, you know, like it, let's say I sold all the positions I have in there right now where it would be 400 and I think 50K or somewhere around there roughly of profits I could take today. That's just pure profit. Never mind what I've taken over the past few years, um, which I took a good amount of profits in Elf Cosmetics. I took a good amount of profits in Cruzy Doozy and I took a few other uh, profits. So yeah, I mean, you, we've definitely put in a good amount to build out those positions. And like my whole investing strategy is like Putting yourself, before you can actually get to investing, always have yourself in a position where you can put money in your accounts one to two times a month. Yeah. So you're always able to take advantage of dips in the market. So you've got 300 grand about in principle in your public account. Something like that, yeah. Maybe a little over 300, but yeah, somewhere around there. And do you still ever contribute to the principle? Yeah, I try to once a month, if not twice a month, every month, um, you know, I try to run that like I run any stock account, essentially, where you, I'm, I'm in a position where at least once, twice, um, if possible, three times a month, you know, contribute some sort of money and just keep building and building and building. So, And what do you have in store for when you hit a million? <laughs> nothing. Absolutely nothing. They're not going to do it. Come on. You yeah. have a celebration. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's, do you, that's good promotion. Do you, have right any, do you have any celebrations when you hit milestones like that? Like net worth milestones? I or used stock to. Yeah. I used to. Yeah. I mean, I what did you do when you hit a million? Let's talk about uh, it. Five, no, no. 100,000, 500,000, a million. What did you do? So, uh, actually, $10,000, I remember I took 
my whole immediate family out to dinner. They didn't know what it was for, by the way, but I, I knew. I had hit $10,000 net worth. Um, 100000 I think I what took... Dinner? Um, I can't remember, but I know I took us all out. Chipotle. Yeah. No. And I know I took us all out uh, when I hit 100K too. I didn't even do anything when I hit a million. Are you serious? I didn't do anything. No. Yeah, I'm kind of disappointed. I don't know. Did you? I don't think you did. I did. You did? I've talked about it before. What'd you do? Yeah, I don't think I know the story either. Yeah, really? No, I've mentioned it multiple times. Um, So what I did when I hit the million, it was, I think it was on like, it, came on a perfect day like it was like a friday thursday friday saturday like one of those nights and i had a few friends and we got together for happy hour sushi didn't i i was the same way i didn't tell Mm -hmm. anybody what it was for Mm -hmm. but i'm like let's grab sushi tonight that was it so i got happy hour sushi i think i may have gotten like a happy hour beer or something maybe i don't i don't know but that's that's what i did (laughs) nice yeah i i do believe in like taking people out for when you hit milestones and things like that but um, yeah, man, I I didn't do anything when I hit a million. So. But you you were at ten thousand dollars net yeah. worth is when you you took your family out to dinner. Or yeah, something. I might even have done it at a thousand to be honest. Like we might have been a very affordable dinner, like sixty <laughs> bucks. You know, maybe yeah. we all went for pizza and wings or something like yeah. that. When you hit a hundred dollar net worth, <laughs> could you imagine that? <laughs> you spent it all, and then yeah. you actually were down <laughs> afterwards. Yeah, no, like, I, I would imagine yeah. if you, if you spent like a hundred dollars on that dinner with your family at ten thousand dollars, yeah. you could have very well dipped below the ten thousand <laughs> yeah. dollars. Yeah. It's true, the and then you have to celebrate again the next exactly. time you hit that. Oh, thank you, sir. Uh-oh. I appreciate oh, no. that. Uh, okay. Oh. <laughs> Guys, I had a special delivery come in just Why? for Graham's podcast. Jeez. I didn't have time to stop there, so and they so we Postmated just had to sure. this too, right? Uh, yeah, Postmates, Uber Eats, or what? Postmates. Postmates. How much was that? How much did that cost? Uh, five bucks. Five bucks. Postmates delivery or plus, plus a, a Postmates charge. So we're probably looking at ten, fourteen dollars. Jeez, Why you got a tip on that? top of that with tax. That's stupid, though. That's a twenty dollars. You know what that is, though. That's that's fu money. It is. That's when you have so much money. Hey, hey, look at these guys. They use twenty dollars bills as coasters. Okay, who who are they to preach? It's fake. It's fake. It's got some some writing right there. I don't. But twenty dollars for a drink. I didn't pay for it. Blake paid for it. (laughs) Thanks, Blake. Gosh. That is fu money. That, Blake that's doesn't have scarcity yeah. mentality. Okay, let's yeah. talk about scarcity mentality. Okay, that's too deep of a subject. We don't. Have to talk I like about that, that mentality. You like? Or, you I don't like, I don't like the mentality, but I, I I appreciate discussions about it. Yeah, okay. definitely. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's because yeah. scarcity mentality is interesting. I mean, I can understand. You know, and, and I had scarcity mentality. I would say until about, I want to say till about 2013. Yeah, I really did. Um, I think, Why? Why did you have scarcity mentality? Well, so, I mean, when I grew up, you know, especially in my younger years, we grew up in a, a rough area, you know, like on, on food stamps, things like that. So right off the bat, I was kind of like in the, the like mindset of like, you know, you got to try to get everything you can and try to save everything possible. Also, I just started saving at a young age. I was always really good at saving. Um, so it wasn't like I went out and bought myself stuff all the time. I had a little safe as a kid, um, you know, even in like middle school, this little safe that you open with the key and I keep like 500 bucks or whatever I had saved in there. And so I always kind of thought in that way. And then I never knew how to make a lot of money. So it was like, I have a limited earning potential 
and I'm a natural saver, so it kind of leads you to more like a scarcity mentality. I think what kind of got me out of it is when I started having like exponential growth in the stock market, so like 2012, 2013, mm -hmm. and then 2014. And I think that started to lead me out of it. And then when I began my entrepreneurial journey, as uh, you know, with the real estate marketing company, that's when I really got out of scarcity mentality because I was like, oh, I can make money for myself, I can start businesses, and then I just totally got out of that. So I still like to this day, I save the majority of my income. Mm -hmm. So I, I spend a lot too. Don't get me wrong, but I still save the majority. But I have zero really like scarcity mentality nowadays. Um, around like earning potential and things like that like you know like now i'm super confident like if you said you know youtube went away everything went away i'd be like i'd just start another like million dollar business i would just you know it's just like it's it's nothing now once you know how to make a lot of money it's just so much easier to make a lot of money because you understand how to, teams are built you understand how to build people together um you you have all these like resources and so like as long as you have the knowledge in your brain you can just go it's no different than imagine you go to the gym all the time and like you get yourself to a place where you can like bench press, let's say 300 pounds or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Even if you were to not work out for a long time, you're still going to be able to bench likely a lot more than the average person. It's just like, you're just like, you know, you know how to do it. And once you get in the gym again, you start working out, that muscle memory is going to come back because you just like your body knows how to do it. And the same thing with your mind, but your mind, I think is even more powerful. So like, like you, you know, if you, if you, you know, let's say everything went away, you would be able to start something. I, I guarantee you. And you'd be highly successful again. Uh, uh, I, I wouldn't want to do that. I, I, I believe. Start yeah. over. Who that's, does? That's the yeah. thing. I feel like I've worked hard enough where yeah, I, I, I just, why risk it? Mm -hmm. Why risk it? If I could cut back on, if I save, probably save $8. Mm -hmm. No, actually I would save the entire, because I wouldn't even do that. Yeah. So right off the bat, I'd save an extra $15. I remember Working like two hours, yeah. make, working a whole hour making $15. Yeah. So this to me is like a, an hour's worth. Would I rather have this for pretty much free or an hour's worth of my time to buy that? Yeah. I can, I can definitely understand that. Yeah. yeah. There are certain things now where I feel like it does make sense to try to buy your time back. Yeah. Um, so there are aspects of that um, that I do feel are worthwhile. Like I had Jack drive me one time okay. so I could edit in the car. Uh, so that to me was a worthwhile uh, expense yep. because now that meant I can get an extra two hours of work in, um, yeah. where my time was really well spent. Yeah. So certain things like that I think are worth it, but this to me seems more like an extravagance. <laughs> extravagance. Like, you already I have get, a coffee. You already have a coffee, but my <laughs> life wouldn't be that much better having this. I would say my yeah. life would actually be worse because okay. I just don't like those. Oh, okay. See, I, so I, my, my quality of life would diminish. My biggest you. weakness is food and drink. If you if oh. you look at me, that's my biggest weakness. <laughs> Come on, no, I agree. Okay, it's me too. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my biggest weakness, man. I don't, I don't. Uh, I spend a little money on clothes, but the only reason I spend money on clothes is simply for videos. I, I believe me, I don't need that this. Sure. That's that's this that, is wait, probably. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Okay, it's uh, it's not it's not oh, oh no eighty. No, 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 no. It's uh, you wear it all the time. What's that one brand you wear all the time? Oh, Kenzo? Kenzo. Yeah. Is it Kenzo? Yeah. The, the OVO hoodie is probably about 150 200 but okay. you could resell this yeah. if it was new and still wrapped for probably 300 today because what, they go fast. Can I t touch it? Is it like <laughs> soft? Yeah. yeah, and this is holographic. You probably can't yeah, see yeah, it because the lights are really I noticed hard. it. It's okay. Cool. Okay, so, yeah, but I, I don't care about clothes at all. Like, if you see me, like, in normal life, uh, not in video life, uh, I wear, like, basic $5 t-shirts, but... People love like interesting looks and things like that, so I'll wear like the the OVO shirts and just like different stuff that I think is cool for videos. Because you make videos every day, and and 
Sometimes it gets boring, man. Like if you just wear a plain shirt. I don't know. Maybe people don't care. Some people care. Yeah. Some people don't care. I find people like the plain shirts. I I just like mm. things without logos on them for the most part. That's smart. Yeah. Don't give them any branding time. No. I I like no, that exactly. I like that. So how much better did that sip just make your life? Oh my gosh, it tastes so sweet and beautiful. So sweet and beautiful. It tastes it like. A $10 bill if you could drink it. Oh, <laughs> did we talk about this the last time, how much money you spend in I a month? I think we did, did we yeah, but I don't know how much. So You don't know? Yeah, you don't, I don't, you know. don't know how much I, you spend. I, I don't know how much. We, we try to figure you, this out do last you time. Look, do you ever look at your credit card statements and just see where did my money go? Do you ever look at the end of the month and be like, this is uh, how much I spent? Yeah. I mean, well, no, I don't actually. You don't? No. I w- yeah. You just have automatic payments on? Well, my wife uh, handles all that. Yeah. So yeah, she she handles that, that. She just sent me a text today. She's like, "We just spent two thousand dollars on blah 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 today." And I'm like, "Wait, what do you mean you spent two thousand blah blah blah?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's well, like face, Facebook ads. She's like, "We spent two thousand dollars just today on Facebook ads." She said, "I'm talking like personal expenses." Yeah, personal expenses. Um, I mean, personal expenses. I would say ten to fifteen k. Uh, as of next year, it's probably going to go up to twenty five to thirty k. Uh, okay, but what what, yeah. did, what do those expenses consist of? Consist of so right now, uh, mortgage on the main Henderson house. We have the Arizona house, which is going to be finished getting built in November, actually. So next month, looking okay. forward to that. That will be a mortgage of probably I would guess like uh, maybe like two thousand five hundred. It's so, not bad. Yeah, something like that. Uh, the Model X is a thousand a month. Uh, the Model Three is, I think, eight hundred a month. I want to say, wow. yeah, the seven hundred, wow. eight hundred. Okay. Um, and then you know various other expenses, food, healthcare. I have kids, so obviously the healthcare is even more. Um, and so yeah, different things. I mean, the, most of my money spent on business related things, like um, business payroll. Is probably fifty thousand every two weeks. I would say. Wow, a hundred thousand yeah. dollars a month. How yeah, many people do you have there. working for you? Um, probably thirty. Yeah. Thirty. Thirty, like uh, most indirect, so most independent contractors. Um, so they paid like, like a commission, or they paid. Some are paid hourly. commission. Some are paid hourly. Some are paid weekly. Um, it oh. depends. Uh, my coaches, uh, we have like seven figure coaches in there, right? Because uh, we have like coaching packages in the private group. You know, those guys are all multimillionaires, so, you know, and they work very high up at very, you know, popular tech companies, um, and so they're very, very expensive. Those are some of my most, like, expensive so people. So, what do they do for you? So, what they do is, like, if somebody wants to upgrade, so we have the private group, obviously, which, if you join the private group, you get all the curriculum, you get Discord access, you get access to our forum, access to me. But these gentlemen are, if you want one-on-one coaching experience, so you want somebody to actually get on a call with you that is exactly where you're trying to get like in life, you know, multimillionaire status. They can walk you through everything, which some people like that experience. Like they really value that. Uh, me, I, yeah. I can learn from a course. Like you just right. give me a course, I'll learn. But I understand there's a segment of the population that would much rather have you personally teach them something rather than you in a course so you, form just teach them. So you pay them to coach yep. your people? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Anybody that upgrades Wait, so to those packages. Do they pay yeah. you and then you pay the coach? 
How does that yeah, work? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if, if a client comes in, they want one-on-one coaching from somebody, you know, like one of those guys that's yeah. had a tremendous amount of success, then, um, you know, they pay for the program, essentially, and then I, I pay the coaches. So, But I pay the coaches, like, a set amount. And they're, like, some of the most, imp- like, important people. Um, so Yeah. yeah what are the chances that someone goes around your back? They go to the coach and say, hey, okay, let's cut out Jeremy. Let's just do something on the I side. I thought about that. I think yeah. about all these things all the time. It's possible somebody could try to do that, but these coaches, uh, you know, I mean, I don't think they would do that to me. You know, they're like really good guys. They, they, you know, I mean, they have so, you know, they're already so successful that it's like it doesn't even make sense for them to try to go behind my back and create a bunch of drama and and put a bad name and reputation out there and ruin a relationship or something like that. But I have thought about that before. I'm like, I could picture somebody trying to go around it or something like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, that would just be messy, you know, so that wouldn't be good for anybody. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, you know, the payrolls, the payrolls, no joke, That's man. That's 100000 So you mm-hmm. got to be making many multiples of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, you know, between YouTube and everything else. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then never mind that, like the, the stock accounts keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, so when I make a profit. You know, it's bigger and bigger. The dividends are bigger and bigger. So, do you do you worry if the market goes down? Let's just say over the next few years, mm-hmm. it's just every year goes down ten percent, ten percent, ten percent, like multiple years in a row. Do you? How do you think that would impact your business? Well, it's interesting because we actually do better in a. What I found is we do quite a bit better in a, in a downtrending market that's going down, which is opposite what I thought. But a lot of people um, want to buy in when the market's dipping. And so a lot of people have the mentality that I'm not going to, you know, like if you if you're buying into the group, it's because you think you're going to take stock market investing super serious. And if you think you're going to take that and, and might make that investment yourself and you know learn all that stuff, it's because you believe you're going to make a lot of money. Right. And a lot of people are trained because they watch your videos, my videos, everybody's videos, and they know buy the dip, buy the dip, buy the dip. It's something that's put out there all the time. So a lot of people actually. Um, when the market's going up like crazy, they're like, ah, no, I'll stay away from that. Let me know when the next time the market dips, and then I'm going to get involved. My concern would be so, so far, I'd say since 2010, mm-hmm. the dips that we've seen have not lasted longer than a few months. So a few yeah. months, a lot of people will come in, buy in, and then it goes back up. And yeah, it reinforces, the, buy the dip, buy the dip, buy yeah. the dip. I'm concerned what would happen if consistently we go through four or five years yeah. Where every year is negative, and people buy the dip, and yeah. then it drops another eight percent. They buy the dip, and then it drops another five percent. They buy the dip ten percent. Many yeah. years of that, and they just get to a point where they're like, you know what? Why am I going to keep investing? I keep losing year after year after year. Yeah, this might not be for me. I could see that if kind of two scenarios played out. Like one, the government stops all sorts of sim- stimulus and doesn't do any stimulus in the future, and interest rates go up. I could see that. And if there aren't any special companies, like if the United States, we just stop producing special companies, I could see that. It's the special companies where you really get the insane gains in the market. It's the Tesla. It's the Google. It's the Apple. It's the Amazon. It's the AMD. It's NVIDIA. So if if we get in a scenario where there's just no good stocks because all the companies are crap, then yeah, that, that could definitely happen. But for my, the way I teach people, it's individual stocks. So it's all about finding the great opportunity. So whether we're in a market that stagnates, goes down, there's still going to be stocks that way outperform. Mm. And it's just about finding those stocks. That's a beautiful yeah. thing. If you're buying an index fund, that's a whole different story, yeah. though. You what know? do you think of the stimulus? Do you think, I don't know if we want to talk about it. You know, we yeah. should talk. We could talk do you think about there it. should be a stimulus? 
It's tough, Ooh, man. I mean, this I, is the this yeah, is the edgiest yeah, we've, we've been. Yeah, yeah. The podcast do I so think far. there should be stimulus? So, I mean, part of me sees the overall economy as doing fairly decent. You know, we were out, you know, down there in Santa Monica last night, and it was, you know, it was a lot of business going on. There was a lot of commerce, um, but I don't think we're getting a full picture because people have such limited ways of spending money, and so I'm wondering, you know, when we go to some of these places, and let's say it's busy. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just because people have so much less to spend money on. Because, you know, think about it. You want to go to a concert. You can't do that right now. Gyms right. are closed. Gyms are closed. You want to go to the uh, Rams game. Can't do that. Mm. Think about the massive amount of just events and things like that that are just completely shut down right now. The convention business. The meeting up in person. Um, I mean, when you start adding up, we probably do need another stimulus package. I'll be honest. Um and and then we really need the country to open up more and more in 21, I think. Otherwise, we can get into some trouble. You think it's warm in here? It's fine. not too bad. I'm not like, oh, it's I'm dying. Hoodie. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, Why are you hot? It's warm in here. Really? I don't think it's warm in here at all. We got a nice breeze. <laughs> this is the same Kevin argument you guys had yeah. when Kevin was here. Jackson, yeah, I wanted to see another, if another person thought it was warm in here. Yeah. <laughs> And so, you know, what do you think, Graham? Do you think there should be another stimulus? Or what are you thinking? I don't know, man. I, th- I think part of me just hates relying on the government for mm-hmm. anything. And just expecting that they're going to help us out, I don't think is a, is a, a healthy good mindset to yeah. have. Because it could be good. I mean, because then you're really relying on someone else. Yeah. To, I, to, yeah. I think it's so much better to take things into your own hands initially. I mean, if you get something, great. Yeah. But if not, I, I wouldn't rely on yeah. that. And I also think that some businesses, especially the ones that get these huge bailouts, mm-hmm. um, I, I I don't think that we should like teach them a lesson, but I think some of those big businesses yeah. that get these enormous bailouts, why why are we supporting some of those businesses? Not all of them. I think some of them are good. Yeah. But um, and also I think just a lot of reckless spending overall. Yeah. That um, that should be cut down. I can understand that point of view, but I think on the other, you know, if you want to go to the other side, there's also this whole, like, way of viewing it where imagine you have, you know, the local bar or club, uh, you know, in Santa Monica or, or even restaurant, and they're telling you you have to be shut down or right. you are well, forced to well, be only at 50% But I'm occupancy. talking about some of these huge, but, like, I get yeah. the air, like airlines was yes. an example. Yes. Now... I get why they did did it for the airlines mm-hmm. because they employ so many people. So by bailing them out, they've inadvertently bailed everyone else out as well. Yeah. I'm not that the small bit. Like I think if the government forces you to shut down, they should compensate you for yeah. that. I think that's 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 something that that should be done. Yeah. Um, but I think the way it was done was such a mess. Yeah. And but it was and it was rushed. Yeah. The whole thing was rushed, but uh, could have absolutely I think have been done better. I worry about uh, stock. If you want to talk about what I worry about with stock prices, I worry about it, you know another stimulus and then stock prices shooting up a ton more. Probably, you know. Yeah. I mean, why assets, would you worry about the stock prices shooting because, up? Because I mean, a lot of these companies already have really rich valuations. I mean, there's some definitely good deals in the market, but there are a lot of companies, especially a lot of these big ones, that already have you know these really high valuations. And if we put, if if you just print another two trillion dollars, just put it out there, um, a lot of that's going to end up in assets again. And I think real estate's probably going to keep going up and stocks will probably keep going up as well, especially when you talk about the low interest rate environment we're in. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough, 
you know, whole situation. Because, you know, there's definitely people out there, businesses that need the stimulus because they're being forced to be shut down or they literally just can't operate the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, a lot of that money just somehow ends up in, uh, you know, uh, the top's pockets and then the top puts it in stocks and real estate. Yep. So, and then your dollars are devalued. So, you know, your that money you got in your savings account is just... You know, yeah. being worthless. I just think we're going to have to pay for it in something else. You might get some money now up front, mm. but you're going to pay it back through higher prices elsewhere. You're just going to do it slowly. Yeah. What is it? What do they call it? Death, death by a thousand yeah, pricks. Thousand or, cucks, thousand cuts. Thousand yeah. cuts. That, mm-hmm. that was it. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's what I think it's that's what <laughs> I think it's, it's going to be. Yeah. You might you might get your money now, but okay, with the price of a, a loaf of bread now is a dollar more. Price of going out is a little bit more yep. your dollar buys you a little bit less stocks are a little bit more yeah it's a whole bunch of things that just you end up paying for it mm-hmm. it's true yeah which which makes your dollars worth less and less right i do agree i've always thought like considering the current climate of everything like with everything going on with the stimulus and then everything being shut down there's no way that we're not going to pay for this in the future yeah because mm-hmm. we really haven't i mean the dip realistically it, it didn't last very long whatsoever no. and we've recovered and then some yeah. you know there's no way that we're not going to suffer any ramifications whatsoever from i think it's going to be i think it's going to be taxes i think all the all the tax rates are going to go up but who wants to be the one to push that that's the that's the thing because you all of a sudden you, if you tell everybody you're going to raise a tax on everybody and not just the rich and yeah. it's everybody all of a sudden people start saying i don't know if i'm going to vote for you so I don't know. If you I, just yeah. say you're going to rich uh, tax the rich, people are like, okay, that's fine. Or, you know, some people are okay. <laughs> as long like, as I'm it's not, not rich. me, yeah. as long as it's not me. But if you're talking about a blanket tax increase across the board, a lot of people, you know, regardless of what side uh, of the aisle you're on, all of a sudden start saying, hmm. Well, you don't you don't just raise the tax rate. You raise other little things as well, so that the net yeah. turns out to be. It's maybe you don't raise the federal income tax, but you just you tax the mm-hmm. Medicare a little bit more, <laughs> Social Security, and extra. One percent. You, yeah. you add in a little few extra things. You get rid of a few deductions, or you complicate things in some way that people don't fully understand. Well, they're mm-hmm. considering raising the California's uh, state income tax highest tax bracket to like sixteen point three. Yeah, that didn't pass. Oh, it didn't pass. Thankfully, no. Oh gosh, no, no. Thankfully, thankfully, thankfully. So it's over. That's it. for now. For now, it does not mean it cannot be reintroduced next year, which yeah. I think is probably going to happen. They're they're going to keep trying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the wealth tax also did not pass. That would have been a right, whole right, right. mess in and of itself. That's impossible to pull yeah. off. I, I can't see them ever being a wealth tax. Like, how do you do that? It's just too messy. Yeah, you're going to force everybody to sell assets constantly, and it's yeah, no, just going to create. No. You can't do it. So, um, and if you do wealth tax, yeah. people with money are moving. I could see them getting rid of the um, the the capital gains tax rates. For certain people, I could see them taxing that at ordinary income. Ooh, that I could see them sense. also throwing yeah. in an investment tax. Because think about it. if mm-hmm. you invest your money, that is means you have now almost discretionary income, mm-hmm. and uh, that is not an essential expense to invest. Not necessarily. I could see them throwing on a little tax on that. That's a Don't luxury. Give many ideas. I man. know, but that that is a luxury <laughs> to have the money left over to invest. I could see that because they could be looking at it as. If you should go spend that thousand dollars on a flat screen TV that a bunch of people are going to make money yeah. off of, rather than invest that money and it produces no jobs. Because yeah. if I if I put my money in a stock, it's not really producing any jobs. Right. If I buy Apple stock, it's not helping any jobs. If I go buy, you know, ten thousand dollars worth of, you know, iPhones, all of a sudden a lot of companies, 
you know, benefit from that. A lot of workers benefit from yeah. that, whether it's here yeah. in China. Like imagine or wherever, that, so. like a like a half a percent investment tax. Mm. Imagine that. I do. Yeah. I do think though that like investing in big companies uh, definitely helps the company though, like giving them funding to continue their operations. Yeah. Yeah. Like although it's like it's like picking up a piece of trash. It yeah. doesn't seem like a big deal in the yeah. greater scheme of things, just picking up a little piece of the trash yeah. on the ground. But if everyone were to do it, it definitely makes a difference. Yeah. It's like investing. This, but in there's something company. called the velocity of money. Yeah. And it's and it's uh, what uh, value uh, your dollar has. So if you take a twenty dollar bill and you spend it, mm-hmm. that twenty dollars has a velocity of a five. So for every one dollar you spend, it gets recirculated five times. Mm-hmm. Like you, you spend it at the restaurant, they pay their worker with that. The worker then goes and pays groceries at that. Yeah. That then goes to the grocery store owner who then pays their rent with that. So it goes it circulates five times. When you invest your money, it has a velocity of like one and a half to two. So for every twenty dollars you invest, it's only getting circulated one or two times versus five times when you spend it. So yeah. they look at how much money is circulating throughout the economy, and they see that as what they what they view as uh, the health. That's what that's money. what scared me in March and April because yeah. we've never shut off velocity of money like that, and all of a sudden yeah. just, I mean, not completely shut off velocity of money, but in a way we've never done before. That's what freaked me out. I'm like, how do you get that back up and running and things like that? But I think you know having yeah. all that stimulus what out there definitely. I helps. would like to see is them giving t- <laughs> tax deductions for spending your money. I think, here's the thing, I think they need to make it so appealing for you to spend your money that you decide to spend it instead of invest it. If they Mm. literally say that the average person can begin deducting their expenses, they take their standard deduction of $12,000 a year, but then on top of that, they could deduct the money that they spent up to $2,000 a year on restaurants, up to Mm $2,000 a year in discretionary spending. Imagine that. It's an interesting idea. People would love to do that. And here's the thing, too. Even if they're in a low tax bracket, if they don't fully understand, we're talking about the average person. A lot of people don't understand how that works, and they're just like, oh, it's a tax deduction. They don't know that them spending a dollar is only going to save them 10 cents on that dollar. Yeah, but wouldn't it also help, like, or would hurt those who, like, are on the borderline of investing, like the lower income people that think about it but don't really invest? And then you say you can just put your money elsewhere and then save money? Maybe, but in theory, if you're spending your money that much, that is going to help other businesses, which would then need to hire more people to then keep up with that demand. Because now imagine people spend 10% more. Everyone spends ten percent more. Yeah, incentives are huge, man. I mean, that could, I, I, you know, I agree. More people would spend a lot more money. I mean, you think about like, think about it in context of like, why do I not just keep all my money in a savings account? Because I'm incentivized to put my money in stocks, real estate. Stocks, real estate go up. I have money in a savings account, it becomes worth less and less and less mm-hmm. over time. And so I'm like, I don't want my dollars put in stocks, buy real estate. And so I agree. If you're incentivized to do something just as a human, like you're going to do whatever is the best play for you. And if that's spending yeah. money, you're going to do it. I think so. that I think that would uh, that would help if any politicians are watching this right now. <laughs> Seriously, offer a tax deduction for average people. Anybody can take it. That reduces their taxable income from money they spent on um, non-essentials. Hmm. Interesting. Just entertainment, food, travel cars what yeah. else what else do you spend money stuff like that yeah you know give yeah. it to a little bit for the stock market i think there should be I, I know we have 401ks but just allow people in a taxable account to take some sort of upfront deduction something small 
they could write off 25% of what they invest. Something like that, I think, would, would help. More deductions. Imagine if they took it one step further and they were like, if you buy from, um, let's say, furniture manufacturers that make furniture in the USA Ooh, versus overseas, yeah. then all of a sudden, you know, all those industries start to boom in a massive well, what way. They, what they would end up doing, I'll tell you what, they'll, instead of doing that, they'll put a tax on everything else not manufactured in the oh. US. That's what, yeah. would, that's what they would do. They're yeah, like, you got to pay a 10% tax on imported goods, but if you buy it here, mm-hmm. you don't do that. I don't know. Yeah. Something something like that. To, to, but anyway, yeah. I agree. I think that would be fantastic. Yeah. That, they, that. Sh- they, should do, they should be doing that. Yeah. Anything that's manufactured. You got to run for office, Graham. Everyone wants I it. mean, what do you think Part about, you know, yeah. since you're a California resident, like, what do you think about... You know the California tax rates, the state tax rates. It's ridiculous, man. Is it honestly? Okay. I I've started looking into because I've never paid attention to the California tax ever in my entire life mm-hmm. until about three years ago. Okay, I start paying attention. The amount of money that California wastes is just insane. It's oh. so stupid. Just the frivolous spending, and I don't get it. We should California should, in terms of the tax revenue, be one of the most luxurious state like the like the yeah. most prosperous <laughs> state to live in mm-hmm. you would think that that outside would be like gold uh, sidewalks <laughs> gold and sidewalks. just flowers every like you if you look at beverly hills mm-hmm. um their city is run so meticulously mm-hmm. and then you look at other cities that are just i don't know where the money goes <laughs> and i think i think it's just these these outdated models and and mm-hmm. just the legislation and the, the hoops everyone has to jump through that by the time you get anything done it costs 10 times more yeah i was jack uh, jack and i watched this video the other mm-hmm. week about the two million dollar bathroom and it was it, it it showed this bathroom that was two million dollars to manufacture and they say how does this cost two million dollars we built this other thing privately for what was it, a hundred thousand, one hundred and fifty thousand dollars privately? That's substantially better quality. But this bathroom oh. built publicly cost two million. How does that happen? Well, I feel like there's money going behind. Like I don't want to say there's like these handshake deals of like, hey, we'll employ you oh. if you do this, uh, and well, you it's could jack up the rate. Con- contracts, yes, maybe government so. contracts. It's just because I, I feel like, and maybe I'm not educated enough on this to, to know what I'm talking about, but my understanding is that sometimes they have minimums they have to spend to show mm. that they're spending the money. So they, they spend it anyway. They don't They don't look, they're not, a, like, if a person says, like, I'm going to spend my hard-earned money on this, I'm going to negotiate that, I'm going to get the yep. price down, I'm going to cut costs, and try to get the best value. But when you're a government doing this, it's like, let's just get it done. How much is that? Okay, fine, whatever. They just pay whatever. Yep. So... I think what what I would love to do or like have done is for someone to really go through the state's budget and figure out what's working, what's not working. Where are we spending money and where is it going? And figure out what can we cut back on? Where are we overspending? Mm-hmm. And we should have a surplus every I mean really, you would think that we should have such a big surplus, but now we're at a deficit. Where does it go? <laughs> 2 million dollar bathrooms. Yeah, to, <laughs> but but not only that but the but the homeless problem mm. has been worsening it, it and it's it, it's gotten so bad yeah. in the last I would say the last two years, mm-hmm. and uh, I I think just the state isn't providing the assistance and the mental health facilities that should be out there. Yeah, we also have a slowing growth rate. So this past year we had the lowest yeah. growth rate rate that we've ever had since wow. like 1900. Wow, 
Yeah. It's going to be, what if it's, what if it was to go negative? That's the, that's a big question. What it's going to start going negative. You think yeah, so? Yeah. This, okay. this last year had a net uh, migration loss. Negative. Oh, so it was, it's already gone Last negative. year was negative in terms Whoa. of uh, migration into the, uh, into Los Angeles County. Okay. But Los, uh, Los Angeles County birth rates increased to the point where we're still growing, but okay. the migration into Los Angeles decreased for the first time. Wow. Interesting. But it makes sense. Housing is so expensive. State yeah. tax rate is so expensive. Uh, the, the whole city, I think, is deteriorating. I, wow. And I've never said that. Like, I yeah. grew up here. Yeah. 30 uh, and, years, right? Yeah. Yeah. And wow. I would say the last three to four years have just, it's gone worse and worse yeah. and worse. And then maybe, what do you think? This whole pandemic is kind of like the, the knife, you know, finishing off, putting it in the coffin? Yeah, I think it was, it was already going downhill. Okay. Um, and I think when people realized that they could work remotely, I think a lot of people are like, you know what? I'm going to leave. Wow. And I, I, I think the state has potential to, to return back, but it, they really got to just get down on the, where, where this money comes from. Because yeah. what they're doing now is like, okay, we don't have enough money. Let's jack up the tax rates. But meanwhile, yeah. that's driving people out. Nothing is getting better. They're yeah. going to tax people more. They're going to have more to spend, but they're still going to have the same problem. It's just overspending. Yeah. It's lifestyle inflation on a state level. It's like someone making 60 grand living paycheck to paycheck. Then you're like, all I need is 80 grand. Give them 80. Somehow they're still living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Where does the money go? The state, I think, is doing the same thing. And it's really sad to see. I, w I was covering that on my channel recently in, like, San Francisco. Like, they're talking about tents everywhere, man. Yeah. And, you know, you come out of your place, there's needles on the ground. There's feces on the ground. Like, you you know, and you it's live bad. in. Yeah, it's like. It's, it's nuts, nuts, Yeah, it's, it's the same I way here. I didn't expect it to be so bad no. when I started spending more time here. Yeah. I mean, it's gnarly. Wow. Yeah, it's intense. insane. You have uh, Venice Beach where okay. you have these. Two to ten million dollar houses, uh -huh. and ten feet away, or sometimes in front of these houses, mm -hmm. are tents. Tents. Whoa. There are people living in tents in front of a ten million dollar house. What the heck? Seriously, <laughs> and it's it's it, you you don't believe it until you see it. Yeah. That, but there's not only this this big wealth gap, mm -hmm. uh, but the state does not have the resources or the facilities to assist these people. And give them the proper care they need. Because that's really what it's about. It's not yeah. about, get the homeless people out from my house. Yeah. Not in my backyard. Mm -hmm. It's not about, it's about making sure the resources are properly funded to take care of these people properly. Because right now they don't exist. Yeah. I don't know where the money is going. Yeah. That's crazy. Not only that, yeah. but also crime rates have been increasing dramatically. Yes. Okay. Yes, but also, but but what what's increased lately is that they're not. I my understanding is that they're taking former uh, like felon charges and calling them misdemeanors because oh. jails were being overcrowded with yeah. petty crimes. So crime under a thousand dollars that would include um, uh, narcotics, uh, small theft, stuff like this. Wow! And previously, those people would go to jail. Mm -hmm. But jails were getting overcrowded. It was too expensive to yeah. fund the jails with all these people. Yeah. Um, so they said we're, those are going to be misdemeanors, and we're just going to almost stop enforcing those. Wow. And as of recently, they've been letting people out and also just not arresting people for little misdemeanors and stuff like that, or maybe even more yeah. serious crimes, because of the illness as well. So they've been really cautious about yes. that. So uh, since we've started experiencing mm -hmm. the illness yeah. there's also been a dramatic yeah. spike since then right wow. and it makes sense like initially when you see that on the ballot it's like why would you put someone in jail let's just say that's going to cost sixty thousand dollars a year to put someone yep. in jail for a crime that was let's say 400 bucks mm -hmm. 
Why would you? It, the numbers yeah. don't make sense. So on the surface, people say, okay, fine. But what, what ends up happening is that, that the, those crimes become a lot more prevalent because mm-hmm. they're not enforced. And those people don't get necessarily the resources that they would have to yeah. lead themselves to turn, turn their lives around. That's like true. I was reading stories online of um, uh, uh, drug usage, of, of that, that whole thing. Yeah. And some people were saying, listen, I was that person who, and it just doesn't apply to everybody, yeah. but some people were saying, I was that person. I was buying drugs. Mm-hmm. I was on this path. Going to jail was the best thing that happened to me because it forced me to confront that and enter into sobriety. Yeah. And they're saying, if I, if, if I never went to jail, I, I, I would have continued down that path. I could see that. And I think a yep. lot of it is, is mental health related. And yep. uh, I think in the 70s is my understanding. A lot of those facilities were shut down. Um, I, don't, I don't know the reason. I don't know, I don't know how much this costs, but it's just something needs to be done. It's not going to yeah. be done. Uh, throwing more money at the problem is not going to help. I think the whole thing needs to be rebuilt from the ground up. Yeah, I mean, you know, driving over here, there's a guy that was walking down the street here, and, and he's like, uh, and he's walking barefoot. Yeah. It's just like he's he's just like out of his mind. It's, I don't know if he was on something right. or he just has like mental issues. But yeah, like that person, you know, I you know, yeah. yeah. What was no the stat that, that I looked? I think it was sixty five percent of homeless are mentally ill in Los Angeles. I mm-hmm. read up a, a study on this. Um, I think another it's like fifteen or twenty percent uh, uh, narcotics. And I think there's a small portion of those people that are truly that are down on their luck, mm-hmm. but those people are typically transient in that they're they're homeless for a short period of time okay. before they can get themselves back up and running. I just don't think the social services are good enough yeah. to help the people who really need help. Yeah, oh, I agree. It's crazy That's though. Cool. Everywhere you go, you see people like that. Everywhere oh, okay. you go. My first week here, mm-hmm. I was driving to Ralph's and I saw a homeless person. Walking on a crosswalk, screaming at a palm frond, <laughs> pointing palm and frond? screaming yeah. at a palm frond, making a huge scene. Yeah. I saw mm-hmm. a homeless person walking downtown, and there was an old lady eating at like a restaurant with her family. Mm-hmm. And this homeless person's running, uh, like back and forth on the street, yeah. stopping cars. And he walks over to this lady, puts his head this close to her, and just yells, some, wow. like nothing yeah. sensible, yeah, yeah. just into her ear. Yeah. And this is also during times where we have the illness. Yeah. And this person is like invading her yeah. personal space, yelling in her ear. Jeez. It's just well, ridiculous. that's that's the thing. Is it now families are feeling like they're not uh, they're not safe here? Yeah. Well, you who, get a who, lot of families. Yeah. Who? What is that? That that lady's probably not going to go out again. No you way. Know? She's no. like, you know, she's going to be terrified to yeah. go out. She's like, I'm not going to. That was hard to see. And also, yeah. like mornings now, I sometimes go surfing once or twice a week. Okay. And when I go surfing on the beach, homeless people are just like everywhere. Wow. Just sleeping on the sand as well. No kidding. Yeah, it's gotten really bad. And um, what I've been hearing as well is that again, I don't have any definitive proof of this, but my understanding is that. Other st- states will take their homeless people here to California and to Los Angeles. That that's been my understanding from what, <laughs> right? I don't know what other um, you, cities and yeah, states you can talking you t- about. You mentioned to me you make, and I did some research on this. That I was curious that you told me Las Vegas <laughs> offers their homeless population a one way ticket to anywhere they want, and a lot of it ends up in we do that California. Yeah. But uh, I, I was researching this. A lot of other states do that as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and it is a thing. So 
I'm not the most educated on this. So yeah, I don't, I don't want think people, any of us are. Yeah, so I don't want people to... ticket to yeah, Los Angeles. Yeah, so I don't want people to take this, like, for facts. Right. You do your own research. Understand that my we're limited, all kind of just talking based my, off of experiences. For my limited... Yeah, it's, but it's it's gotten a problem. Regardless, it has changed dramatically. I've lived in here my entire life in the last three years, I would say. The last 12 months have been the most transformative. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it so bad before, ever. But why do you think they're all coming to Los Angeles if we have such bad programs and assistance? I think, like- beca- I think it's enforcement. I think it's because oh, we, we there's very, it. yeah, there's, there's no enforcement, good weather. Um, yeah, which is very important if safe, you're homeless. Yeah, and it's also true. safety in numbers. You're less likely to be singled out if... You're in a group of thousands of other people. They're communities. Right. Like you walk and there will be hundreds of tents lined yeah. up and they're playing music. They're yeah. like having fun. Oh, yeah. And like, mm. oh, yeah. No, absolutely. If if I were homeless, I would rather be in a group of other people like that. It that, makes sense. That Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not on my own somewhere yeah. with bad weather. So it, it makes sense why they would come here. I get it. But yeah, it is just it, so. sad because people shouldn't like have to live like that. Right. They, mm-hmm. we, they should have programs. Yeah. We should have some kind of funding or at least redirect right. funding for coming from yeah. who knows elsewhere right. and, to something and you like would that. think for the tax rates that all of us pay that there would that some of that would be going towards funding programs to help people like that and it's mm-hmm. not i don't know where it's going jeez that's intense man yeah. yeah i don't know where it's going either that's it's a whole sketchy situation because it's not like the highways are perfect and the roads are all perfect. So you, it's not like you can That's say, even, well, yeah. the construction's perfect here and our infrastructure is amazing. So it's, yeah. Let's talk uh, Let's talk about a little bit more about taxes. I have a question for Jeremy. Yeah. Did you watch the video that Graham did with Kevin O'Leary? Uh, I did, yeah. Okay, so Kevin mm. said that one of the biggest mistakes that you can do is not sell to realize gains when you think a company could be overvalued or something 100% like that. Disagree, disagree. I mean, there was a lot of things. Most of that video, I disagreed with him on Kevin O'Leary. You know, I just have a different point of view. No, you don't. I mean, when you own great assets, truly great assets, you don't sell them unless things have changed or you need the money to put in a well, better let me, asset. Let me clarify this. I said to Kevin, Kevin said, why don't you sell some of these and then re-diversify? And I said, I don't want to pay taxes because 50% of that is going to go to tax. So mm-hmm. I may as well, instead of selling a stock for $200 and paying half of that, it's the same thing as me buying, waiting for the stock to go down to 100 I'd mm-hmm. rather just not sell. So you're saying you'd rather not sell to not get that money taxed up front. Not even for tax. It's just like, where am I? If, if I have somewhere truly better to put the money, an asset that's better to put the money, I'll put it there. But why do I want to move that money to cash? Okay, Let, let's just say I sell an asset, a stock of mine. If the money goes to cash. Is that money better served in cash or that asset that's a great asset, right? If it's a truly great asset, it's way better over there than in cash. You're cash right. is just like we talked about. It's just going to be devalued more and more over time. They're going to keep print. Like this isn't ending. Like the, the stimulus packages of the world will get bigger and bigger and bigger as time goes on. I mean, nowadays we're talking about $2 trillion stimulus package. You go back 30 years ago, you couldn't even fathom that. So imagine where we're going to be at 30. Where it's going to be like a $20 trillion package and we're like, oh, that's just normal. You know, it's just, it is what it is. So. Unless you have somewhere better to put the money, why not keep the money there? Let's say you own a real estate investment property, right? And it throws you off. It's a it's a great asset. It, it usually appreciates, right? And it throws you off some rental income and things like that. Why would you get rid of it? Unless unless you truly had a better property to put the money in, you had no cash. 
So you, you or you didn't believe in it. It seems anymore. like you actually at the at its core, you kind of agree with Kevin O'Leary. It's like don't consider taxes when investing. Just kind of consider putting your money into good, solid companies that you believe in. It's Somewhat, not like yeah. thinking, like about, let's say Tesla goes yeah. from four hundred to seven hundred dollars. Why did that camera die again? Let's say it goes from four hundred to seven hundred dollars. Um, you wouldn't sell at a point where you felt like Tesla's overvalued. Well, you could make an argument that Tesla's overvalued today, right. and I'm not selling. But let's say it went to 400 to 1,000. Let's just say <sighs> tomorrow, tomorrow, because of a tweet from Elon Musk that you knew probably is not sustainable. Yeah, maybe would then. You sell? Maybe I mean that would be so insane because then you're talking about a four, you know, less than a 400 billion dollar market cap into. You know, was at one trillion. Then I might have to actually consider at that point because that would be so insane. But I mean, as long as it's somewhat, you know, uh, believable. Like, like Tesla's at one hundred sixteen four p, very high. But you can, def- I can see a way how Tesla grows into that over the next five years. If Tesla's at a, a three hundred four p, I don't know, it might be harder or a thousand or something. But like that. in selling, at oh my god, like- Ramsey! Holy- what happened? Can't see. Oh, what the heck! He's way up there. So in selling the Tesla stock at $1,000, you wouldn't even think about taxes. So that's, what I, that's the point I'm trying to get at, is that Kevin would not think about taxes when selling or when doing something. Yeah, like I will say I do try to make my decisions based upon fundamental decisions other than taxes. Taxes, I mean, I'll consider everything you know, when I go into a decision like that, but that's like the last thing I'm considering, essentially. Taxes is at the end. I'm considering first, do I have somewhere better to put the money? Is that really a smart decision? Things like that. And then and then we can worry about, you know, taxes at yeah. the very end of the process. What so. do you think of taxes? <laughs> what do I think of taxes? So, I mean, I'm thrilled with taxes. I think I pay a way lower rate than I should. Uh, I'm amazed at the whole tax system. Uh, you know, it really opened up my eyes when I actually got like a, a tax, you know, like a professional tax account a few years ago. I remember, you know, people around me, especially my dad, he was like, oh, you know, once I started making, you know, uh, you know, really good money, he's like, you need to have a professional do this. Like, you need to stop doing it yourself on H&R Block or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, whatever you you pay them, you're going to get one of the highest ROIs you'll get paying anybody. Mm-hmm. And I figured that out. <laughs> like, I think the first year I used uh, a professional tax person, I think was 2017, 17 or 18. And I can tell you, like, that very first year, I was like, what? There's all these deductions of this and that. There was things I wasn't even doing before that I even know you could do. And then we got the tax cuts. The next year, I think it was 18, right? The new tax cuts went into law. Is it 18 and 19? Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Yes, that's what it was. And then, like, yeah, you know. So, yeah, it's it's amazing, man. I think, uh, you know, and, and obviously I live in Las Vegas, which is no state income taxes. So... You know, I, I, I'm definitely because you think about it, right? I mean, imagine let's say you make a million dollars a year and you have to pay, you know, let's say five percent of that to a state every year. Right. So you have 50,000 less every year versus a state like like I live in where you have to pay no state income taxes. You know, that 50,000 over a 10 year span, it's a half million, but it's a lot more when it's invested. And you yep. if you can get just a return, which is very average. I'm definitely able to get a lot better than like 8% return. Never mind if you amp your your gains up to, let's say, 20% a year on average. Then imagine if it's 30%. And if you can do that consistently for a decade or two, I mean, you're talking about a difference of millions, if not tens of millions of dollars. Yep. So that's that's where 
Um, I think that's where you really have to start considering taxes. I feel like the more money you get, the more you have to start considering taxes and, and figuring out, man, am I really making the best life decision by living in a place that, you know, that maybe takes a lot of your money? So yeah. it's, it's really key in the whole thing. And I can, I can understand why some people even move out of the country. You know, I don't know if I would ever go that Puerto far. Puerto Rico. Yeah. The thing, the thing that yeah. the United States is smart, if you move out of the country and you want to not pay federal taxes, you have to revoke your U.S. citizenship. Um, so if you if you move out of country, you still have to pay taxes unless you revoke being a United States citizen. Mm-hmm. I think that's where they're intelligent. Otherwise, I think a lot more people would do it. Yeah. There so. have been stories I've, I've read online of people who revoke their citizenship and then spend less than 90 days in every country they travel to. And they just pay zero tax. They they found some loophole. I forget what it was called. They're it's just like not a citizen. Th- of what anywhere. was it like? The flag. It was like flag theory. I forget. It was like the five flag theory. Something like where they would travel to different locations for no more than ninety days at a time and pay no tax. Wow. Yeah, you can move to Monaco, pay no tax. You know, I think Dubai. I think the Dubai Cayman also, Islands. right? Yeah. Uh, is it Cayman Islands? Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I know. Like, I'm pretty sure Monaco, Dubai. Monaco, the real estate's insane. I've mm. actually looked into it before because I was like, you know, like this is many years ago. I was like, what if I get to a point where I got $20 million in stocks, $50 million in stocks? This was like five, six years ago. I was looking into this and I was thinking about it and I was like, imagine you make $10 million in stocks and you have to pay, you know, whatever amount to the government. Let's say you take $10 million in mm-hmm. profits. And then I was like, man, imagine in Monaco, you pay you can still do all yeah. the same trades. You know what I mean? Like you can well, do all your research. All you need is an internet what connection talking, to invest in stocks. What you're talking about, Kevin, about let's say you have this $10 million in stocks. In our last podcast, we talked about all you need to do is get a loan against your stocks and just spend the loan. And you'll never have to sell your stocks. You'll never oh, have that's to pay true. Tax on yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I, I looked for, or I didn't look further into it, but I was talking to my friend about that. And this is something that confused me a little bit. So if you take a loan against your stock portfolio, yeah. how would you pay back the loan? Without realizing the gains of selling off the the could be, appreciation could of the be stock. dividends, but keep in mind yeah, you also or, let's say you you, t- you have ten million dollars in the stock market, you take out a two million dollar loan. Now you got two million cash. You could use some of that cash to continually pay back the loan. So your only net cost really there is just interest. Yeah, they charge you the interest. Yeah, but then you're still gonna have to, like I mean you don't just take out two million dollars yes, to put two but, million dollars back into it. Yes, you do because you're paying less in interest than you are in taxes. So let's say the interest is five percent but your tax rate would be 20%. It makes sense to pay 5% in interest on that portfolio than 20% in tax. So you take out, let's say, $2 million, yeah. and then you invest like a million of that $2 million, and then with that money, you're... No, you or you could have cash, or let's say you could go and buy a house, and the stocks produce dividends. There's, there's a lot of ways you could pay that off. But also, if you're taking dividends and stuff from the portfolio that you draw from, don't you have to pay capital gains on that which is essentially the same thing right as, but it allows you access to get a lot of money without selling that's yeah. true that's true that's true yeah. i don't personally do it but i could understand some people want to do that i i, I stay away from margin nowadays because i just I, you know the temptation is really hard when you start going on margin and then you see your stocks dip or other stocks dip it's really tempting to just say oh i'll just it's not necessarily margin. margin. It's it's called a pledged asset oh, yeah, yeah. line. You could do that too. Yeah. So a pledged asset line, yeah. they'll usually give you like twenty to fifty percent of your portfolio back as a low interest rate loan fixed for a certain time frame, and um, 
It depends on the stock. Like certain ETFs and bonds, they'll give you up to like 80% value. Other stocks, they'll give you like 10, 15%. Depends what it is. But uh, it looks really interesting. Charles Schwab has something where if you have more than $2.5 million invested with them, you could take out a loan. It's under 2%. Okay. It's like 1.75% uh, for, I, I think it's like a year. To, it's, it's some absurdly low rate that you can get on stocks. Yeah. And, and margins, well, you know, and I know we're talking about kind of two different subjects, but in, in relation to margin, it's crazy because I always thought the most you can take out is 2x. At, at my peak craziness of 2015 with margin, I was over 2x margin, mm. which was, I, I didn't even realize you could go that, that far <laughs> with margin, actually. So, you know, it's just completely yeah. dumb to do that because you, you open yourself up to margin calls and things what like that. What brokerage do you use? Uh, Fidelity. Fidelity. Yeah, I've been using them for about 12 years. Do you have yeah. any other brokerage accounts? I, I Yeah, I have a Robinhood, which I hardly ever use. Uh, I just set it up so I, like, understand how to use it because some people ask me questions sometimes. What about Weeble? No. No Weeble. I do use Chase. Uh, I've been trying out their product. Uh, the J.P. Morgan one? Yeah. It's very okay. It? It's very... It's... N- it, it's a worse experience than Fidelity or anything else I've really tried. So I, you know. But it's still new. Yeah, it's still new. And I think they just did it because, you know, it's, it's just to be easy. competitive. Or yeah, whatever. exactly. You know, stay relevant in different spaces. Everybody wants to be everything now. All these banks are trying to be in everything, man. They want to be your brokers. They want to do this. They want to do that. That's where the like, money is, though. Yeah. They have to lead in with something free. Mm-hmm. So they could charge you elsewhere. Like Robinhood, I, I could see getting into banking, I could yeah. see them having their own credit card. Mm-hmm. Being a one-stop shop for everything, and then now yeah. the banks are trying to do the same thing. They're trying to be Robin Hood. Robin yeah. Hood's trying to be the banks. Yeah. Let's talk about my favorite thing and Graham's least favorite thing: Uh-oh. options trading. Oh. Well, what, let's let's. What do you what do you think about it? And so, and what did you think? Because yeah. there there was mixed feedback. I would say seventy. I would say about eighty percent of people mm-hmm. agreed with me when I told Kevin that he should sell covered calls on Tesla. Okay. What do you think? Oh, really quick. I call it picking up pennies. That's the term. Picking up pennies in front Not of a Not you. Roller. Other people call Other it. People. And, then and, then you, and you heard it. And you, you were like, oh, Jack, what do you think about this? And I was like, I was <laughs> like, that's not true. I was like, I'm going to teach Jack a thing or two about no, I've this. Heard, of yeah. course I've heard of that, but it's not true at all. I, I would well, totally let's see. We got the yeah. expert here. I mean, I... So, the real options because, expert. Hey, hey, let me just say, one oh. person's picking up the pennies and the other person's the steamroller. Okay. Right. Yeah, but eventually, yeah, do I I don't I don't sell covered calls. I can understand why other people do, and I know people that do it and do it really successfully. Uh, it's just not something because my thing is I'm in stocks for massive gains. Like I'm not just in stocks for that eight percent per year. Yeah. Um. To you know, if I'm going to try to get eight percent per year, I'll just put my money in an index fund and, and call it a night and not do all this research. Right. I'm trying to get twenty, thirty plus percent gains. So being that I'm in that position, I don't want to limit my gains just by doing like, let's say, covered calls or something like that, because then you're limiting your upside. So I get that. That makes sense for you, right? Mm-hmm. Like Because you spend so much time picking out specific stocks, and then you put a lot of money in these stocks, yeah. and you hold, right? Yeah. But you find a desirable price for these stocks that you're happy to buy them at, right? Yeah, correct. So what if instead of selling covered calls, it seems like it would be more your style to sell a put. So that's when you receive the premium, but then have a price that you already think, this is a good yeah. price point, I'm happy to buy this stock, and you also get a little bit of money on top of that. Selling puts is the strategy that makes the most sense for me, because it's essentially putting a bottom on a stock and saying, mm-hmm. if it goes down to this price, I'm willing to buy that stock. And so, yeah, I have a friend uh, of mine who's always like, dude, why are you not selling? You know, you should be selling puts. You should be selling puts because you you believe this stock's a great deal at its price. Why not make some premium on that? 
And then if it goes down a bunch more, you're going to buy it anyways. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and buy it. So I I do agree. Um, I should be selling put options. I 100% agree. It's just like, man, this, this... there's so little time in the day. Like, uh, you know, it's you true. just, you, that's the thing. It's like, there's so many things I could do in a day. It is, is selling put options, is it important enough to me? Or should I put that time in trying to find the next plant, you know, plant 13, Why can't the next you just hire, or something like that? Hire a jack. I might. To go and do I might. put options. Do you I might have literally. That manages all of your stuff. Like, do you, or do you coordinate with all of your people? I have different people that manage different things for me. But I have thought about adding – it's interesting you brought that up. I have thought about adding someone to my team that is just looking for other ways I can make money, things like selling put options and be like, okay, so here's our portfolio. Here's why this makes sense now. Um, and actually them being on payroll, not like me outsourcing that to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like them, them being like my main man um, or woman to like look into other companies too because then I, I was thinking about it one day and I was like, what if I had somebody that – I personally train them 100% on what to look for in stocks. And, like, it's, the thing is, it's it's hard to find somebody that's going to think exactly like me and have the experience. And if somebody thinks exactly like me and they have experience, more than likely they have a lot of money already. Yeah, yeah. And so, therefore, they might not even be interested in that. So it's a tough thing, but I should. It, it would be really beneficial to me, especially as my accounts grow bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. Because what if I could make an extra half million dollars a year selling put options? That's a half million dollars a year. You know what I mean? It's not like it's a small amount of money. And as the numbers continue to grow and grow and grow, um, I think I think I might do that eventually over time. So. Even buying calls. Because if you are so confident yeah, in these companies, I do that sometimes. you buy calls. Mm-hmm. And do you see them through all the way till the end? Or do you ever, when the company appreciates in value, you exit the contract early? Calls sometimes I'll sell early. Yeah. So like uh, I bought a Facebook call. Uh, shoot, that would have been a year or two ago because I believed Facebook was going to go up. It went up a bunch, and it was a long-term call. So when I buy calls, usually I'm buying for two years out or more. That makes sense for you. So the, yeah. the Jan 2023s just came out within the past mm. um, three or four weeks now. So you're getting essentially two years and like three or four months mm-hmm. for that stock to appreciate over time. I'll look at those opportunities from time to time, especially in October, November, and some stocks that I think are really beaten down and have huge upside potential. I might play some 2023 calls in Dropbox. I might play some 2023 calls in Nordstrom stock because those are two stocks that I think are likely going to appreciate greatly over the next couple of years. And it might make sense to buy some long-term calls in those, but I'm very specific about it. Like I don't, I don't go super heavy in them because I hate the feeling of you need this stock to go to this price by this date. I love the feeling of just like I can wait it out. If that stock stagnates for two years, who cares? Maybe the third right. year, fourth year, fifth year, when the stock goes crazy. How much do you invest? Uh, call options, a small amount, like maybe five, ten thousand, something like that. I never go big. It's not like I'm going to buy $100,000 worth of calls tomorrow or something like that. It's just, it's too risky for me to do that type of move. Um, For my risk tolerance, I I like taking risks, but I like taking risks that I have time for it to play out. And to that, I mean, two years is a good amount of time, but Mm -hmm. still, man, it it can get, it can get scary. Like what happens if the whole economy dips and the whole stock market goes down a ton for a year or two? We just talked about that. What Mm -hmm. if the stock market goes down this year, next year? Does it go down enough where even if that stock's, if, even if that company's performing great, maybe they can't um, get to the other side as far as the stock price goes. So yeah, it's it's yeah. a little it's a, it's a little tough. But I, I do do some options sometimes. Uh, I, I teach options, um, you know, in my private group, but mainly just because 
I like for people to understand the downside. Yeah. I think a lot of people, when, when they go into any investment, but especially options, they're only looking at the upside and, oh my gosh, I can make so much money, you know? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, you could also lose 100% in some of the strategies, depending on which one you do. So, um, but yeah, selling puts, man, it's, it's something I should be doing. Yeah. That, I think that is the uh, option, I guess, like choice yeah. that is in most alignment with your current trading strategy. A hundred percent agree. Strategy. Yeah. Have you, yeah. So are you dabbling more and more into options now? Yeah. Well, okay. So I don't want to come off. Like I'm definitely not nowhere near, <laughs> like even considering myself like a total yeah. options trader. Like I've yeah. been trading for probably four months. Jack's coming out with a course now. soon. <laughs> yeah. How to trade options. Well, $3,000. Yeah. More money than I've made in options, options is the price point. <laughs> Dude, you've probably made more money than most options traders that are selling courses That's out true. there, believe me. Hey, well, <laughs> I don't know about that. Mm. But um, yeah, I've been, I've been doing it for about four months now. And people were saying, like some guy was like, oh, you've made 500 or something in like three months. That's abysmal return. And I'm like, yeah, it is. But also at the same point, the reason why the returns were so bad is because when I was learning, I think if you're learning something something, and you're a total beginner and you barely even understand like the, the fundamentals of it, mm-hmm. go into it with a conservative mindset. Don't like go all in and try to get like 30% gains or 30% mm-hmm. losses right yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. You know, like in the beginning of my options trading, like, yeah, my returns were really bad. But mm-hmm. as of recently, I'm starting to get much better and better returns. Like my last okay. three or four trades, my last one was like 7%. The one before that was like 20%. The one before that was like 22%. What, what's your like best one and worst one you've had so far? I have yeah, percentage I have, wise. Okay, my worst one was probably like one percent that I gained. Okay, and then my best one was probably about like a, it was more, it was one of the more recent ones. It was around a twenty three percent. What was the strategy around the best one you had? So there were completely different strategies. Okay. Um, one was a short term sell put. That was the bad one. Okay, so okay. basically if the stock goes beneath yeah. a certain strike price, I'm forced to buy it. And it was like a one week in the future. This was very like in the beginning where I was like, oh, oh, I'll take yeah, like yeah. I'll take fifteen bucks and okay. I made like ten dollars putting up twenty five hundred. Mm. But of course it wasn't gonna hit it because yeah. I chose a really conservative strike price. Mm-hmm. Overall, not my favorite strategy. It's just yeah. not worth it for me. Because who knows, it could plummet, you know? Yeah. With the best uh, returns, they're all short strangles. Okay. So that's just setting two brackets. And if the stock price remains between these two brackets, then I get premium from selling the call and mm-hmm. I get the premium from selling the put. Yeah. And then I just choose these brackets based off of a kind of, it's. I said a formula, but I said that also in a joking way. Because mm-hmm. You never say like, I have like a, a formula yeah. for Jack anything, has a winning you know? formula that he will teach you. <laughs> yeah. My formula specifically. Of, yeah. yeah. This, I came up with it. Me, yeah. a 21 year old who's been trading for four months. Hedge funds against him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, uh, I just, I just basically, it's, uh, Repeat process, like 45 okay. day theta. 45 yep. days out is when I choose a strike price. 16 is the delta. And then that's that's basically, I choose a, IV, a stock with an IV rank okay. uh, over like 25 because the premiums will be higher. But also, I think I'm going to try to close all of my contracts before the election because uh, the when I got into the contracts, it was about a month ago. And I'm okay. guessing as we get closer to the election, the volatility will go up. Usually, and since, yeah. I, since I bought a month ago, it didn't really account for the volatility of the election, I'm guessing. So I'm mm-hmm. going to try to exit the positions because in selling options, you when you're holding, you want a low mm-hmm. volatility. But when you're when you're entering the yeah. contract, you want a high volatility. Yeah. Uh, just a random tip for people. Sometimes, like let's say a stock goes down a ton tomorrow and you, let's say you want to buy calls or something, usually wait a day or two after that because the price I notice continues to drop a day or two after. Even if that stock stabilizes, 
or even if it was to go up a little, I've always noticed that it actually continues to drop, like what you'll have to pay the premium. I don't know why it doesn't reflect right away like a stock price will. Uh, it's just like a little tip out there. I've always noticed that it doesn't make any That's sense. That's interesting. But yeah, it's really, it's it's weird that you think that day it's down 7%, it's going to reflect that. Sometimes it actually continues, the price continues to worsen quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Sometimes 3 to 10% I found, even if that stock's stable the next day. Mm-hmm. Really, really weird. But um, no, that that's that's intriguing. Like it's been you know, working, dude. Yeah. Like I have, I've got like total return. Like I'm at over twenty percent now in like a, a couple months. And yeah. I don't play direction. So in okay. fact, a stagnant market is probably a good market for me. Mm-hmm. Like right now, we have a crazy market. And Graham argued like, oh, if you just put the money in the S and P five hundred, I could have gotten way better returns, which is totally true. But okay. also, the market's been rallying. Yeah. You know, and I'm not playing any sort of direction. So I would like to think, you know, in a market where we're not going crazy all the time, I would yeah. still be able to get good returns. Granted, yes, if the market's rallying, the IVs will be higher, thus driving up the premium. But yeah. same. I, but still, it doesn't, the market doesn't need to be rallying for me to be using this method. And of yeah. course, I just want to say, I'm just gathering data at this point. Yeah. I'm not saying like, I know what I'm like, I'm yeah. just, I'm just plugging and playing. Like I'm mm-hmm. trying different strategies and what's worked so far is what's worked. And I have yet yeah. to lose money. I also, awesome. I just want to say the put that I bought where Graham says, you don't, uh, you're not realizing the loss, which is like I was saying, this could be the first time I, I lose mm-hmm. something because I bought a put, which I've never bought an option before. That was the first time I did it. Yeah. Skechers, it was on Skechers. Okay. And Skechers went down oh, for one day. Okay. And I, I got $50 profit. Good oh, for you. technically, that was my highest return. That was like 40%. Nice. Or in a day? No, it was like it was like a week. Still, or something. insane. 40% in a week. Yeah, I mean, usually, usually the suckers and options are the people that are buying puts and buying calls for yeah. the most part you know because 90 percent, i believe or so expire worthless so <laughs> it's also hard to play direction i think like it's it's difficult to to be so you're good at it but yeah but for yeah. like a the long average, term yeah exactly. like, yeah short term yeah. doing like two weeks total yeah, guess right really exactly tough. so i'm doing really 45 tough. days out because in okay. the first 20 days you see a lot of time decay yeah so I'm benefiting from the time decay, yeah. and then I'll just exit a contract early. Yeah, but I, it's really difficult to play directions in the short term. Yeah, and a lot of people just, the, the hype around options trading, especially now, people are buying all of these options like crazy because Wall, you see Wall Street bets and the communities oh, grow. Yeah. And you see Tesla, right? And yeah. I think so many people are they have so much hype around Tesla that it's driving up the premiums to like exorbitant prices mm-hmm. because everyone's buying calls. There's such a demand for calls on Tesla that the premiums for those selling the calls are just so high. And I wouldn't tell anyone to like go out and just without knowing anything, just start selling calls on Tesla. But I told my dad because he, oh, really? he had 75 shares of Tesla. Okay. And I told him he should buy 25 more shares and just start selling calls. And we yeah. did the math. The only way he would lose money is if Tesla went below $290 in one month or went above 560 yeah. in one month. And if and if it like doesn't hit the, the call price, which was no. five. Hundred dollars. Okay. Then also he would get. Um, if it didn't hit that, he would get like twenty three hundred dollars. Like that's like that's like rent on a yeah. like a property. Mm, yep. You know what I mean? I've seen an, I've seen another strategy employed out there. This is a really risky strategy. But what some people would do is like let's say they have you know ten thousand dollars they want to play with in options. They try to find the ten companies they think are going to go up the most over let's say the next two years so you're playing like you know long-term option options like two years out and what you do is you put a thousand dollars in the furthest out strike prices in all of them mm. now this is a strategy that if none of them hit that you're gonna lose all ten thousand okay but your hope if is at least one of them hits 
sometimes your return can be over 100x. Yeah, astronomical. Like, imagine if you, like, let's go back a year in time, year and a half ago in time. Imagine you you saw that, you did that strategy and you did it with Tesla. Oh, bank. On the, yeah, on the highest, you know, the because you can you can pay such a cheap price for those. Mm-hmm. So, and then if it hits, you know, and you, you, you make crazy money. The cool thing about that, too, is you don't have to ride it out until the end. If yeah. you if you hear news about a company or mm-hmm. you lose confidence in one of those companies, you can accept a loss of thirty you know thirty yeah, percent, and then just write that like write it off or whatever. Yeah, or not write it off, but use it as a lowering your. Yeah, I mean for that strategy, I would be tempted to probably just keep it in everything until the end. Um, that's that's because you pick out those ten stocks and you you're yeah, ride or die kind of guy. Yeah, that. and I would hate to like start making decisions around like. Because you're already taking this massive risk as it is, and I would hate to make start making trading decisions around that and trying to time in and out. That and be makes like, sense. Well, maybe I'll get it in this out. And like, if you're gonna go in with that crazy of a strategy, it's like just keep it in till the end and hope one, if not two, of those stocks hit. And if two of those stocks go way above that top price, mm-hmm. the the gains are gonna be way way more than you put in. But it's really risky. Or you just do index funds. Really risky. Or you do yeah. index funds and lock in seven yeah. percent. Yeah. I'm not advocating for that strategy. Not, it's just very risky. Yeah. What do you think your portfolio could be at right now if instead of putting that money and like investing in Mm -hmm. the actual like common share, common stock or whatever you call it, if instead of doing that, you just bought out long term call options on all of those stocks, where do you think you would be? Ah, shoot. Well, I mean, you can make an argument that a lot higher than it is now, but man, it's it's so it's so risky. Theoretical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, but like, yeah, I mean, it would be a lot higher. There's no doubt because you think about all the stocks. Imagine if I bought all calls in Tesla, all calls in Facebook, Skyworks, Elf, Fizzy Get Dizzy, Cruzy Doozy, like all these stocks. Millions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, let's say the public count was only options and I bought only calls. You know, it depends on what strike prices you get them at and things like that. And where do you where do you sell them at? Do you hold them till the end? But yeah, I mean, that account instead of 860K would probably be five to 10. Wow. Yeah. So, because there's just so many home run stocks in there, mm-hmm. but man, you you know, it's always about that risk reward. You're running a risk, yeah, Absolutely. huge risk. You know, what if the market kept downtrending? That account could have been at zero. Mm-hmm. You know, imagine if this this whole market comeback we've had over the last six months. Mm-hmm. Imagine if it just kept going down, and then imagine these options were all expiring, let's say in 2021, or let's say January, yeah, yeah January 2021. <laughs> then we're at oh, zero. You're done. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's just like I mean, you uh, heard about was who was it the SoftBank guy didn't he just go crazy on like buying calls or something like that that's what I knew did. the market yeah, topped yeah, yeah. exactly as soon as so I saw SoftBank do that I was like market's topped yeah. and then the Nasdaq right after that news came out went from like twelve thousand and started going down yeah. to like eleven thousand ten thousand yeah. <laughs> he was on Wall Street bets for sure oh one hundred percent he was he's a mod actually was he really I'm kidding <laughs> it's an amazing <laughs> community <everybody. laughs> it's an amazing community oh, do you peruse Wall Street bets. Uh, yeah, for memes, I try to go on at least once a week really? uh, and see the well, newest that's memes. It? Once a week? Yeah. Oh, I'm on yeah. there every day. Are you? Times a day. Every oh, day. Refresh, refresh. I sort by new. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to look at the tendies. Yeah. <laughs> you have trouble focusing on recording videos because you're on Wall Street bets yeah. all the time. You're like, oh, I got to focus on this video. It's become a distraction now, honestly, to check Reddit because I keep thinking there's going to be something new on yeah. there, but there's never anything new. It's mm. crazy. Yeah. I'm yeah. hoping I'm going to be the first to find some breaking news, like something revolutionary oh, yeah. that no one else is going to see. It's going to take you two days to get the news out anyways. It's gonna, I know. Kevin's going to make six well, videos yeah, about it. Yeah. I'll make three. I'm and... able to get some videos out there the same day. 
If okay. I really, yeah, if I come up with a concept by 7 a.m., I'm able to get it out the same day. By 7 a.m., wow. That's but sometimes, early. But sometimes it helps to be later on to a video because I, I get the full picture. I, get, I, I don't just just put out the news as it comes, yeah. but sometimes I'm able to get some thought behind it as more develops. Yeah, and, and you can throw more opinion behind it because you thought it through for hours and hours. Right. Maybe potentially, yeah. yeah. No, that can make sense, 100%. I don't know if these cameras are going to shut off or not. I'm, Probably. I'm like paranoid of yeah, them constantly. <laughs> Here, I'll, I'll do it. Dude, I w- uh, wouldn't it be nice if they just recorded for an hour straight? Do you have any any strategy in the short term right now, or do you never consider really the short term and you always think long term? So if I asked you, like, your strategy, when you we last had you on, it would be the exact same as this time? Yeah, I, I, I have really no specific strategy um, in the short term. No, it's just adding to positions I really like. Um and building those bigger and bigger. Right now, I'm, I'm building like four, I think, different positions right now in the public account that I can see as being my potential, fa- you know, future Facebook, Skyworks, and Teslas mm. of that account. Because um, I'm trying to get that next batch. Like Tesla, Facebook, Skyworks, those are kind of like the 2018, early 2019. And those are just like, you know, the, the, the fruits coming to fruition or whatever you want to say. And now I'm building out those next these positions that I think are going to thrive over the next two, three, four, five years. So, did you see uh, Kev meet Kevin posted something on his Instagram where him and his wife both picked one stock? Okay. It was like a year ago, and they wanted to see who could have the best return in one year. Okay. She picked Apple, and he picked Tesla. <laughs> oh, so he and they put it. in. They like, both did really good, though. Yeah, they both yeah. put in like ten thousand dollars, and they were just like jumped wow. like crazy. Yeah, his, that was his must have went to what seventy k, and hers went it was, to yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot. Twenty five, maybe something like that. <sighs> I don't know. It was yeah. it was a really interesting post. He's like, oh yeah, yeah guys, I forgot about this. This is a year later or whatever. Oh, the HSA account. No, that's different. That's different. That's <laughs> Kevin literally finds accounts with a hundred grand in them. He's like, "Oh, you forgot about this account." Yeah, hundred grand. That was in there. funny. That was yeah. Funny. yeah. Let's say you have like a million dollars and you could only choose three stocks. What three Ooh. stocks would you pick to put those million dollars in? Three stocks today. Today. Oh, shoot, I'm probably going Dropbox. I'm going Planet Thirteen. Oh gosh, and I'm going Facebook. So I'm playing like if you had if you told me I got to put the, the money in those three stocks. So I'm playing Facebook because risk reward really attractive. The chance I lose money almost non-existent in the next five years. Chance I double up my money or more, very high. Uh, Dropbox is a similar situation with Facebook, but with more upside. I feel like actually quite a bit more upside. Maybe a little more dangerous than a Facebook, but a lot more upside. And then Plant 13s that you know the stock that one. I think yeah, it's all about that reward with that one. So um, you heard so. it here, folks. We will come back to this. In yeah. ten years, oh, and see ooh. and see how he did. <laughs> that would be that would be interesting. Let's, cool. let's do it in ten years. All right, so I think you know I'm not sure if this is going to get included in the podcast, but I think we got to break some some massive news here. Okay, guys, we've been beating around the bush this entire video. I don't know if this is going to make it in the video. Okay, it will. Graham is going to move next to me. In Las Vegas. Yep. You heard it here, okay? Breaking I, news. Yeah, I bought the house next door. <laughs> the house that I'm building. So not my current yeah. house I live in. Building a house. Graham's having a house built out there. <laughs> let's 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 talk about this decision. Okay. Let's talk about uh what led you to this. Let's just let's just let's just get uh, it out there. Let's yeah, talk yeah. about this for a bit. A lot a lot of things. But when you showed me Las Vegas, I never thought I would be able to live there. Um, when you showed Macy and I Las Vegas, and it was it was 
you showed me a part of Las Vegas that I've never seen before. You really like and that strip club that much? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Macy and I just had the time of our lives. I, I can't believe it. The crazy horse. Wow. It, it was nuts. <laughs> and, there, and there's none here. So... <laughs> So we, we, Macy and I, we have to go down there because that's where that's where I'm going to film my videos now. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is, there, is there better content you could possibly film than a strip club Gosh. and girls dancing around? Might be demonetized. Uh, yes. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, so you should Macy and I uh, yeah. just a really beautiful part of Summerlin. And uh, some really beautiful parts. And uh, <laughs> had a great time. And that's why we have all of the uh, 20s. Squads here. Uh, so anyway. Um, no, anyway. But, yeah, it, we it, went off the strip. Yeah. So we went to Summerlin, showed them Summerlin, and, and also showed you. You've seen a lot of Henderson, too. Yeah. So I like Henderson. you got to go off the strip, essentially. Everybody comes to the strip. They just see strip life, and they're like, that's Las Vegas. And then... You go to the suburbs, and all of a sudden you see you know the parks and the the community yeah. and the homes and yeah. And you showed us mm-hmm. this this community up there where you're building, and it was nice enough. And I did the math, and I realized, hey, you know what? It makes sense. It makes sense to do this. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Yeah, that's, that's big, man. That's going to be great. We're gonna what are we going to build pools that go underground so connect the houses <laughs> and what? just yes. swim over and hey, what are you cooking over there, Graham? It would be fun to have an underground pool though. Yeah, the, the yeah. one that goes underneath the uh, the wall mm-hmm. to your place, to <laughs> yeah. your backyard. Yeah, swim, and you just swim under. That would be fun. Yeah, it's all nighttime and it's like dark out, and all of a sudden I'm like swimming underwater, <laughs> and I just like grab your leg. <laughs> oh, it's a shark in here! Very Imagine fun. looking out to like your pool and you just see like Jeremy with some goggles just, like, <laughs> looking at you like, in your room. Oh gosh. Hey, what are you guys doing? Seeing what there? my next title is going to be, <laughs> so we could steal it. Yeah. <laughs> You want to go to Crazy Horse tonight again or not? <laughs> it's a joke. Uh, joke, joke, it's a joke, 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 joke. Hey, so, yeah, Vegas. Yeah. We only got one camera. We got one camera. We're on our last leg, last everyone. Camera. If it cuts out, we'll just finish with audio. <laughs> okay. yeah. Graham, any other mm-hmm. reasons? A uh, lot of reasons, but I'll, I'll discuss it on the main channel. Okay. okay. Yeah, once, Stay tuned. So now you got together. a teaser. Yeah. I broke the news for you guys, okay? Heard Don't it here first. That. Yeah, and let's keep it a secret on this channel for now. No posting on the main yeah. channel about it. No making videos. Keep it a secret here for now. It's our little inner secret for people who made it to this point in the video. And then I'll make a video in the next like few weeks. That would be cool. So thank you all so much for watching and listening. Subscribe to Jeremy. I appreciate it. Financial education. Yeah. Thank you. Do you have any message to the viewers? Do you have any message to the viewers? Yes. Um, invest your money. Focus on the long term. And invest your money. There you go. Smash the like button. And smash smash the like it. Button. Oh, add us all on Invest Instagram. Invest in smashing. Instagram. Cool. Yes. So with that said, you guys, thank you so much for watching. Really appreciate it. All of our information is down below in the description. Uh, smash the like button. Also, limited time. This offer actually expires, uh, I think, a few days after this is going to post. Your last chance to get those two free stocks on Weeble. Now they're both worth at minimum $8. They two free the stocks. They did. All the way up to $1,600. So that offer expires, I think, on like the 15th or like midweek. So you only have a few more days to claim the two stocks, minimum $8. Get that down below in the description. Thank you so much for watching, and until next time. Got to get the spray bottle. (laughs) (laughs) Can I use the restroom? It's right by the bathroom. Here, It's over here. Uh, And then just down there. (laughs) Can I use your restroom?
Right by the bathroom. <laughs> It's like when you're caught up too much in something He's else. He's just not you know. thinking about it. <laughs> oh, man. That was epic. I didn't even realize he got, got all the way up there. What the yeah. heck? That's insane. Uh, those turned off. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, I can't get over that. <laughs> you have a bedroom straight by the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope it caught that audio. <laughs> that would be funny. I don't know if it'd pick up way over there. <laughs> but yeah, Wall Street Bets is, is great. I, I absolutely love it. And there's a it. reason why Wall Street Bets has like one and a half million members. Yeah. And, and Theta Gang has like... Tens of thousands. You know what I mean? Tens of thousands, yeah, yeah. Theta Gang's the exact opposite. Yeah. It's the people that transact with Wall Street bets. Yeah. Members, you know? Like, no one cares about, yeah. like, oh, you're getting, like, 4% a month. No one cares about that. Everyone wants to know about gaining, like, 500% yeah. or losing. Theta Gang takes the money from Wall Street bets. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> the real money's in Theta Gang. It is. Yeah, I love Theta Gang. It's boring. Mm-hmm. It's, like, incredibly boring. I don't yep. really look at it that much. Yeah. But. Theta Gang, that's where we need to start marketing, Blake. Like Those this? are our people. All right. Throw in the, the, the thing, Jack. Throw in the iced coffee hour animation. <laughs> Just got to remind oh, myself. Oh, yeah, that's smart. I always forget to Dude, do that. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Which camera do I look at? There's so many now. Uh, you don't even need. <laughs> so if you're talking to anybody, it's that back camera. That's okay. just pointed on you. That's true. That's yeah. on all of us. This is on you and I. Once we get rolling with it. Well, for the start, don't we all look at the same camera or no? Yeah, yeah we'd we can, all look at this one. That one. This one. Okay, yeah, yeah. cool. <laughs> oh, then also we need uh, the intro. Yeah, I can do the intro. Okay. Uh, so, uh, uh, you oh, want yeah, me to go do for it? it? Go for okay. it, yeah. Welcome at uh, ice, oh. ice Coffee Hour. Yeah. Ice Coffee Holy Hour. Holy smoke, us to say no jokers. <laughs> okay, you need okay, to do that. Okay. You do that, yeah. Well, oh gosh, it's chopping. Uh, the 21st ever episode of the Ice Coffee yeah, Hour. Yeah, it's Holy Smokes, no jokers. This is the 21st ever. Okay. And then we've made $6,200. All right. But do the holy smoke as... Yeah. All right. <laughs> wow. Well, 